Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 318. It's a Sunday night in Sydney. I'm Dave. I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you? Not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. Pretty wow. pretty slow week, pretty low week, which is nice. You know, yeah. nothing nothing too eventful. I'm trying to think of that REM song, Low. It's like, low. It's just it's really, really boring. Like the Like at the time, we all thought it was good. Looking back, it was not so good. You know, <laughs> looking back, you know, some of these classic bands get away with some tracks that they're very much praised for. Then you listen to the music later, you're like, it's okay. You know, <laughs> like, it's all right. I don't know. I don't know how good it actually is. Now, Rich, um, episode 318, what have you been doing this week, man? I feel like you've been lo-fi. We've been so busy. Well, I've been in Brisbane, haven't I? That's right. I've been away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, seen yeah. Your... What have you been doing while I've been up there? Uh, no, not no, nothing much, man. Just um, work. Um, Killing. Uh, my car's kind of uh, in the shop at the moment. Really? Um, yeah, there's something wrong with the brakes. So we haven't really been able to go anywhere. So it's kind of been a, a, oh, a lazy weekend at home. Well, what are you driving these days, man? I'm in my Subaru XV, whatever it is. Um, Ford Focus Titanium. Okay, all right. Um, it's not that little car you used to have, is it? You know, you got a different car. You got a new car years ago, didn't you? You got a you got a nice car. Yeah. When did I get that? Now, but maybe six, seven years ago, give or take. Oh, okay, so it's it's going well. Yeah, no man. Um, well, that's good. So a bit of a slow week for Rich. Well, I've been up in Brisbane, mm. and um, I have really been because uh, I was basically a bachelor for a week. I was up there in the hotel. I was just crushing through Smallville. I reached episode one hundred. Jonathan Ken passed away. Spoilers, kids. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, spoilers. Wow. That one came out of nowhere for me. Um, I knew we had heart issues uh, in the story. I was really enjoying John Snyder's performance. They had the Dukes of Hazard um, reunion um, where the yeah. other Dukes of Hazard guy came in. That was a great episode. And I've got to say, I'm midway through, well, I'm literally up to episode 100. Um, I think season five is probably my favourite season. It's fucking incredible. Like, so many good episodes. Like, really good episodes. Like, that that, that Silver Kryptonite one I mentioned, uh, Lexmas, um, where Lex had the alternate, you know, timeline, the future, where he sort of marries Lana and blah, 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 and and then Lana dies, and I was like, shit, Lana's died, and then she comes back, and then Jonathan Gale was like, the hits just kept on coming, man. Um, little Davey was thing, just addicted. When they when they relaunched um Superman after a mm. uh, crisis, I got to be honest. I thought one of the best decisions they made was that they actually um kept Jonathan Kent around. Sure. Um, I always used to get like I always used to like when he used to go back to the farm and his dad would kind of give him advice or yeah, you know kind of remind him who he is. I was like that was a really good decision because obviously you know in a lot of the Superman before that you know his parents aren't really uh. Yeah, they're in Superboy. They're in Superboy in the general store, but not in not in. Yeah, yeah, but once Superman. once it's adult Superman, they're pretty much dead. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's pretty much like solo. But I, I like the idea that they kept the 
the parents and especially Jonathan and all that. And, and again, cover... I don't mind him. I don't mind him dying in Smallville because obviously you spend so much time with him. That yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more impactful, you know, like like the Superman movie. Mm. Great, you know, the Christopher Reeve Superman movie is fantastic. But I mean, the, the the dad dies so early in the movie that there's no real. I know. You know, if you're not a Superman sort of uh, reader or fan, I mean, the, his death doesn't really sure. mean anything to you. So no, it's you know. I, yeah, I, I like the fact that the fans stick around longer. I thought in Smallville, uh, that actor, John Schneider, had a lot of room to breathe in the show. Like, he's in a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, when he died, you actually cared, you know, because you'd built up yep. the attachment over five seasons. And I can understand why they did it, too, because, it, you know, it, it's kind of a bit of a passing of a torch. They're definitely maturing their characters around him. So it was a heavy loss, though. I was. Um, does the mother well, stick around? Not- I always thought his Superman was supposed to tie more into the Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's great. Now, yeah, I'm I'm really digging it. And I've got to say, season five, I, I think, is just a fantastic season of Smallville. Um, really good. Uh, also, Rich, um, I'm building my Wolverine and Spidey Marvel Legends families. Um, I have Wolverine with the motor- motorbike now. Um, various different Spider-Man members. It's quite the party we're going to be having, uh, the Spider-Man family with some guests, uh, mostly all X-Men based. In fact, Apocalypse as well, because I had him from years ago. He's going to make an appearance. Mm. <laughs> Again, Apocalypse nice. is going to crash the party, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? That's what bad guys do, don't they? Do you want to hear something funny? Uh, this is according to Ray today. Apparently in the X-Men books now, we're familiar with how Beast has become fucking evil Dark Beast. Remember Lovable Beast? Um, with the heart of gold, the quips, we all know how he's turned into a massively evil character. So much so that, you know, I'm questioning, is it Dark Beast in disguise? You know? Um, well, that would be a way to save the character, but I think yeah. they've done that before. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they've done that already, where he yeah, captured Beast yeah, and kept him locked up and he was pretending to be Beast. So they have done it before, so they're either, Maybe do it they're again. either revisiting the well <laughs> or uh, they're ruining another character. So, and but get this. Okay, so Beast is now Dark Beast. Apocalypse is now apparently a good guy. How fucking bullshit is that? Um, I mean, he's kind of technically been a good guy for a while. Like, he's he? been part of the... Well, really? ever since the Krakoa. He's been there really? as a, a council member since Krakoa. Really? Since the whole Krakoa thing. Apocalypse? Yeah. Apocalypse is just turned over a new leaf. Apocalypse, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> I knew Mr. Sinister um, was, yeah. No, no, they're all, they're all part of the, the council. They all It's all the mutants on this, on this Krakoa island. And... Yeah, I'm confused by that. I, I get Mr. Sinister was. I know he was. But surely they're up to their own mischief in the background, you know. You would fucking hope so. Like I can't see but apocalypse. Also, I'm sorry, but what idiot invites vipers into the nest? Yeah, well, Charles, Charles like, Xavier. Charles Xavier, obviously. Mm. I mean, I get it. Emma was definitely kind of rehabilitated, but it just feels to me like apo- like it's in the name apocalypse. You know? Yeah, but I mean, if you put, <laughs> if you put her on a council, that's only years of her showing. Mm. That she is committed to, like, not necessarily changing who she is, but what she stands for. Yeah. But Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse have no, they have no history or, or nothing. They're just basically, pff, one day they're on the council. <laughs> like, you're like, where the fuck did that come from? I just can't understand what Apocalypse is doing on there. I mean, other than, like, all he ever wants to do is conquer everything. That's every single time well, I've seen that guy. Well, what the whole point of the Scrico was, it was basically just every single mutant versus humans. I mean, that, that, uh, that was the whole point of it. Like, yeah. Uh. You know what I mean? It wasn't now like good mutants, bad mutants, and how the world sees them. Now it's just like, nope, 
that's it. We are segregated. Yeah. Every mutant, good or bad, is on this whatever, and we're together against the, the nasty old humans. But, but yeah, I, I get that. I, I understand that. And I and to a certain point, I, I, I get the storyline. Like, it's okay. Like, it's not that different from what they've been doing in Utopia and stuff. They've certainly brought in, brought in some... As soon as you invited Emma Frost onto the council, you open a pathway to the others. I just feel Apocalypse is a bridge too far. That's just what I'm trying to say here. I, I feel like... Gee, we're cutting a lot of fucking breaks for Apocalypse's behaviour. Um, you know, like, <laughs> like Jesus Christ. And look, like, I mean, I do hope that maybe, like, part of the storytelling is that, like, you assume that the mutants should be a monolith, but then, you know, over the stories and the people you learn, nope, no group is the monolith. There's going to be... Well, groups, there's, there's, there's a, there's a event called Sins of Sinister, which is kind of in the title. So, I mean, I don't know, dude. Yeah, would you agree with me? Do you get what I'm saying, though? I, I think Apocalypse is a bridge too far. Do you agree with that comment, or do you think, get him on this council, we need his uh, I don't. It's, okay, so here's the thing. It's not a bridge too far. If, like Emma Frost, you had spent years yeah. rehabilitating him. But they didn't, you know what I mean? He's been evil No, but that's, no but that's what I'm saying. Like That's why I said to you, like, with Emma Frost, <laughs> she was a bad guy. Yeah. But they spent years sort of changing your perception of her. Yeah. To the point yeah, where, yeah, yes, yeah. if she's on a council yeah. leading mutants, you'd got to be like, okay, well, you know, that's fair. She has been sort of proven that yeah. she's 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 on the right team. And again, if Apocalypse had like, I don't know, something fucking happened to him and you spend the last few years of him being part of the X-Men or... or let let me read this way, out. This sure. is from Wikipedia. Yeah, no, I get your point. Like, okay, during Dawn of X, this is from Wikipedia. So Dawn of X is like the original, like where it all starts, yeah, where, where Hickman's... Um, revamp all starts. During Dawn of X, Apocalypse accepts Xavier's invite to enter Krakoa and even is among the Quiet Council, a group of 14 powerful and experienced mutants, but like basically like the High Council. Um, he takes up learning magic and acts as an advisor to the new, to the new Excalibur team. Like, what the fuck? Like, Apocalypse is he's an advisor now. Like, Jesus Christ. What's his advice? Kill everyone? Um, he appears to advise... Oh. Yeah, I remember he was in charge of um, of <laughs> basically killing mutants to see if they could come back with their powers. Well, yeah. so if a mutant had lost their powers, they could go through this trial. Right. Yes, they, it's here. They, it says it here, if yeah. they prove worthy, they would be killed essentially by Apocalypse, but then they would be revived with their powers. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. and I remember he was in charge of that. I remember. Apocalypse oh, here we go. He appears to have devised a way to restore the powers of those who are depowered by Scala, which is spell, like the original normal mutancy. But to do so, these X mutants need to prove themselves as worthy to get their powers back. Therefore, Apocalypse created the Crucible, a trial by combat to death, where the X mutant is expected to lose in order to pass all, while Apocalypse goads them about the weakness the loss of their powers created. Uh, blah blah blah. Um, blah 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 blah. Uh, I don't know. It just gets more and more shit. Like, I, I just don't understand what he's doing at that high level. Like, I thought he was, like, against mutants as well. Like, I mean... No, no, no. He's not against mutants. He's only against weak mutants. He's only against... Right. The, the you know, again, he's apocalypse. He's the strong should survive. The weak should be... He's the first slaughtered. mutant, isn't he? So, but yeah, supposedly, yeah. If, unless they've changed it. But what about the horsemen and all that shit? You know, well, that's like, his horse. He created them. Yeah, but I, I, my point is, dude. Like, are we all forgetting that? Like, he turned like fucking Angel and Wolverine into horsemen and stuff. Like, uh, is everyone just like conveniently forgetting that? 
like they're just like yes you have to conveniently you just gotta kind of go oh that was you know yeah that was a few years ago it's all good now man like come on to the council no there's no way this will backfire um blah 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 i don't know it it sounds weird i i don't think they've done it this way but i think it would be acceptable that if you're like okay let's say he discovered a way to give mutants their powers back Mm. and he demanded that he would only share the technology or do it if if he was on the council, then you could understand like a trade, like a trade. Yeah, but I don't think it's I don't think it's done that way. I'm not too sure. So. It's more like I get it. It's more like Xavier said, "We're we're creating Krakoa, we're mutants, we're one. We're going to even extend an olive branch to previously our adversaries that were mutants and say, here's your chance to join.' You know, he's extending an olive branch to even enemies. I get it." I, I can even get Sinister because Sinister, I mean, he's a crazy bastard, but, like, I assume he can do something good. But Apocalypse, I, I, I don't know. Whenever I've seen this guy, all he wants to do is destroy everything. I, I mean, as far as I've seen uh, him, anyway. I, I, I'll be honest with you. My line is Sinister and Apocalypse. <laughs> I don't even give Sinister a free... Well, Sinister's right, like a crazy geneticist. horrendous stuff, though, man. Sinister yeah, has he's pretty bad. experimented on mutants. He's... <laughs> Uh, he's done really despicable things. Like, yeah. uh, I'm, no, I put them in the same boat. No, I did. Like, no, I mean, now. he's a lesser threat is what I'm trying to say to me. Like, mm. Apocalypse is a worse... Sinister's 100% evil. As I've not read heaps of him, but whenever I've seen him, he's flat out evil. But Apocalypse is like, to me, he's kind of like the devil. You know, like he's he's like the ultimate bad guy, I thought anyway. And... I see Mr. Sinister as more of the devil, mm. and I just I see Apocalypse as a force of nature, like or the way he views it is that again, as I said, he's there to he's there to make mutants the dominant race, but only the strongest. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like he will kill any. Well, mutants I mean, where's Cable on this? Because Cable's always against Apocalypse. Is Cable just like I oh. don't know? Last time I saw Cable, he was de-aged and some mm. fucking that was fucking shit. I don't know what the fuck's going. Can on. Can I just man. say I'm going to make a comment right now? Like the X Men, and this ties into something I've been doing this this week. I've been reading um, the Chris Claremont X Men from like the early '80s. So it's after I finished reading them, and I've I have them on my iPad, and I've started reading them. What a wonderful experience it is, dude. Like, it's the uh, Brood saga. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like, so magical, um, high concept, fun, exciting, things matter. Like, you're really swept up into the storyline. Um, to be honest, it's a beautiful experience reading these comics. And I haven't actually read this, these ones. I've read right around them, but I hadn't read them since so my first time reading them. I'm like, this is amazing. And, and then cut to, the, in my mind, crap that we're being served right now. And I'm like, Can can I tell you something? The the biggest problem with the X-Men, which it's a problem that a lot of comic books have, Mm. is that the uh, the X-Men have been uh, um, treading sort of water Mm. or spinning their wheels for 60 years. Do you know what I mean? Because... um, 60 years? At some point you... Well, when did they come out? In the 60s, didn't they? Yeah, but like Chris Claremont's no, no. thing is. Well, like what I'm saying is that yeah, I get, I get it. They, they were, you know, allegory, whatever, you know, whatever. But my point is, after 60 years, there has to be some growth, right? Now, mm. whether that's bad growth, where they are all literally criminals, yeah, right, and 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 are treated like that, and so like you know, live underground, kind of like Ninja Turtles, you know, fucking hiding in the shadows, sure, 
you know, got to hide from the world. Or you have it to the point where, yes, there's still some anti-mutant, but mutants overall have been sort of accepted into the world. And you even have them like on the police force and fight. You know what I mean? Like they've mm. actually become part of society. Uh, and yes, you're still going to get the bad one, but you know, you have all these good guys that are just normal citizens. You have to have some growth, you know, even sure. Superman is something, you know, they made him a father at some point. Like, mm. I just feel, I understand you don't want, you, I understand you can't do it in five years, but I, at 60 years, there has to be, we can't still be doing the whole fucking, you know, little discrimination shit, like for 60 years with no growth, because then you're just telling the same stories over mm. and over and over. And you're not actually progressing your world. And, and your story in any meaningful way. Now, again, pick a side. I'm not saying you've got to go the happy route, but pick a lane and mm. and work towards actually, like, the world changing and not just telling the same well, fucking allegory. I get your point. I mean, much – look, wouldn't Hickman and his entourage argue that's exactly what they've done? You know, they've, they've radically changed it. Uh, I hate it. Uh, what I've, I've tried to read it, and again and again I'm like – Man, like this sucks. You know, like uh, like bits and pieces of it are cool. I have, I but a lot of it, especially the subtitles. I'm just like, you know, like the I don't know sub teams, whatever you call them. I'm just like, this is just not my style of comic. Um, I don't know, man. Like uh, I'm reading this stuff in the early '80s, and it's so fucking good. I cut to this shit about like apocalypse and the council and blah blah blah, and I'm just like, it feels very long winded. Is, is my complaint, well, you know? I will say this. I think had Hickman been allowed to just write the X-Men mm. with the story that he probably wanted to tell, you could actually probably have a story where he's actually progressing the story, where now you're like, okay, the mutants have basically created their own country. Yeah. And now it's going to be stories about, you know, how do they live, the, the, the you know, again, dealing with political, yeah. you know, uh, stuff now, not just, a, not just socio-political, but actual, like, you know, government political uh, you know, maybe even going to war, being invited, you know, all that sort of shit. Like, but the problem is, is I think there were so many other shittier writers mm. that were n- not toeing the line. Well, did you hear exactly? Did you, did you hear the thing? He left when they were like, "Oh no, we don't want to go to the next level that he wanted to take it to." He he was yeah, that's he, my point. he, like, he was he ready was to go, yeah. to, but they just want to keep it, you know, in, in traction. They just want to keep it. Yeah. No, 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 because, you know, we, 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 you know, we want to tell the racial allegory or the, you know. Uh, well, that's always um, going to be in there. I mean, I don't, like, I don't mind that, like, thing about the mutants being, um, you know, what if you call it, like. Yeah, but then, but then Dave, like, no, but then reboot your world then. Yeah. Like, do a reboot, and then you, you say, okay, well, we're rebooting, we're starting again, and we're going to tell these stories again. But my point is, if the same characters. <laughs> yeah in a comic or dealing with the same shit for 60 years, then you kind of like, listen, dude, you're clearly ineffectual. <laughs> like the world is just stuck. Sure. You're just stuck in this world. You need, it's again, and it's a comic. But think People about go, this. Oh, this the real world. I'm not reading for the real world. I'm yeah. reading to see a world grow and expand and yeah. take me on a fucking journey. Well, not, I, I, I would have, yeah. 20 years later, I don't want to be reading the same goddamn fucking story. Uh, I got know, two uh, comments. I got two comments. I agree with what you're saying. One, I wish Hickman had been given the opportunity to go to Act 2. Because what they actually said was, we want to stay in Act 1, we want to keep milking it, and everyone's having such a great old time. And he was like, fine, no worries, I'm leaving. My contract's up, you know, I've got many other mm-hmm. things to do. You know, with no hard feelings and, you know, good luck. Um, and so we're stuck in Act 1. And we're stuck, as you say, treading water in this supposedly, you know, new iteration. Uh, my second comment was, I think that applies to many, many, many big two 
characters. I like Spider Man, for example. I love Spider Man. Uh, the, the what do you call it? Like the the tropes and the formulas, and even the situations. I mean, to an extent, they are replayed again and again and again and again and again with slightly different mm-hmm. variations. Like, you know, this is. I mean, Batman, same thing. Like, this is many characters have the themes and situations, not just themes, actual situations play out again. Like, Spider-Man, I can read it, and I can be reading a Spider-Man from the 90s and a Spider-Man from the 2010s and a Spider-Man from the 2020s, and it's a lot of the same characters um, who may have mildly changed, especially supporting cast, but really it's there's a weird dynamic that plays all through it. Like different, it's like listening to covers of a song, you know, like you're hearing a cover of a cover of a cover of a cover and then someone tries to go back to the source and then they start spinning off again. Do you know what I mean? It's like a, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's looping, but it's not, a, it's not a perfect loop. It's, 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 it's variations on a, on a theme basically. Um, mm. Now in defense of Hickman, even though I don't like a lot of the stuff, like, he had a concept, and he came in with a big splash. But where they lost me was where suddenly it was like, and we're doing seven sub-teams, you know, and everyone's got a sub-team, and everyone's got a spin-off, and blah, blah. And I was just like, man, I'm losing interest already. Like, you know, because you've you thinned the water so much. And then he left, and all, he's le- all you're left with are these fucking clowns who are just happy to spin their wheels in their little Krakoa land. And I'm just like, wow, so this story's going nowhere. Okay, cool. Um, I care as little as I cared about just before Hickman rebooted, you know, where the the X-Men were in dire need of a reboot. I think the last really impactful writer they had was uh, Brubaker. Um, And and really before that, Grant Morrison. I, I think, and it's not even the writer's fault. I think sometimes it's Marvel. They just want to keep it on sort of like in sort of like a status quo kind of thing. Like, it's just... Like, Brubaker did some really cool X-Men that you could just read enclosed, and it was cool stuff, like Messiah Complex and stuff like that. That was cool stuff. But um, it's been a long time since that stuff, man, you know? And and maybe it's on me. Maybe I need to check out some of the more recent stuff. And, And I quite like the start of Hickman stuff, bits and pieces of it I thought were interesting. But going back and reading this stuff from the early 80s, like, over the week, I'm like, man, this is so much better. You know, like, I'm like, man, this is just so much better and so more vital and you care. Um, it's a smaller team. I mean, partly, part of what – I know there's people out there, every X-Men character would have someone who loves them, but I do feel like they've thinned the water on it, like the broth of it, like, heavily. Like, I don't, I don't think they need – as many sub teams and sub books as they have. Like I'd love to know the numbers on those books. Maybe they're selling really well, and that's you know, in which case okay. But I mean, what's Excalibur selling? You know, what's fucking you know? Like I'd love to know. And even with Wolverine, I mean, I don't mind Benjamin Percy. I, I've I've tried to sit down and read his Wolverine several times, and I'm like, is this the best they can do? You know, like it's okay. Like it's okay. Um, no, I'm laughing because it is the best they can do. Yeah, like, and, like, and it's not bad, but, but I'm like, you, you guys, it's, it, I don't know, it's, it, it's, it's weird to me. Like, they pump out so much of it, you know, they really pump out this X Men stuff that I, it must be selling, 
but you read it and you're like, man, this is like a pale imitation of what X-Men was, you know? Like, uh, I, I just think there's something fundamental there and it could totally be rectified. Like, it's quite possible to rectify. It's not beyond salvaging or anything. Like, these characters aren't going anywhere. But I just, I question the conversation where they said to Hickman, no, we don't want you to go to Act 2. Because the whole point of bringing him in was to go somewhere totally different, you know? And I really don't believe they've had a really, really gifted writer since Brubaker until Hickman came along. I think Brubaker was excellent. He didn't do that much mm. X-Men, but what he did was excellent, and then he left because he's got a million other things to do, you know? It was just a stop along the way. Same with Hickman. They're like, oh, okay, you don't want the next phase, which would be really, I'm sure, exciting. You want to stay here and just with your sub-teams. Okay, all right. And have, like, every time I read it, it's, it's fucking people on the council talking, Rich, you know? And I'm like, yep. yeah, I'm like, wow, it's so great. We're at a council meeting again, you know, and it's just like Xavier <laughs> sitting there with the fucking thing on and every single time I think it's the maker and I'm like, no, it's Xavier just wearing the exact same fucking thing as the maker. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, so that's annoying. I'm almost like, wow, the maker's here. Like, it's slightly interesting. Oh, no, it's Xavier. I don't know. They're, they're, look, someone who's got listeners, the point I'm making isn't just that it was better before because it was. It's also that give us your impression if you're reading X-Men over the last, say, five years, or however long Hickman rebooted, about four or five years ago. Give us your impressions, and, you know, message me with your titles that you would recommend, or just your impressions. If you hate it, let me know. Because I feel like I'm kind of missing out, and I don't want to read seven books. I want to read maybe two that are good. Wolverine, I'd give... It's 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 a six out of ten overall. You know, it's it's okay. Uh, am I buying the hardcover? No, I'm not rich. And doesn't that say everything to you? You know? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's basically okay. yeah. As we've discussed, I mean, we're pretty much only really buying. Um, yeah, but if there was a good Wolverine title, good. like a really good Wolverine title, I'd buy the hardcover in a fucking heartbeat. Are you kidding? I, I do buy some 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 newer stuff, but it needs to be good. I mean, I've read this Wolverine, and I'm like, it's okay. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I, I'm staggered that, given the sort of marketability of these characters and how resilient they are, blah blah blah, that Marvel can't pump out like, you know, seven out of ten stories more often than not with characters like that, you know. I, I don't feel it's that hard. I honestly don't. I really don't believe it's that hard to do a good Wolverine comic, like to a professional writer of decent ability. And also, can I say this? Not just writing. There was artwork, Richard, of Wolverine 34, which was some of the worst artwork I've ever seen in a fucking comic. It, it was horrible, Richard. I saw it on Facebook, and I was like, is this really the artwork that they're putting out in the comics? It was... um. You know, like caricatures art, like and which have you know, if you wrote, did a caricature of me or something, and you know, yeah, it's a it's a skill. It's like a caricature artist was doing Wolverine and doing Beast, and you're like, is this seriously meant to be them? You know, it was it was bizarre. I'll, I'll find it for you. It was on my Facebook. It's it, honestly some of the worst artwork I've seen in a comic. And that's what I'm saying. If you've got a mediocre to average story and a horrible artwork, you're not going to sell too many comics long term. You know? 
There's there's no reason for people to. I mean, people were openly mocking this artwork on the internet, man. Like mocking it, you know. And it was just like, is this the best you can do, Marvel? Like, do you care that little? You know. Um, yeah. Sadly, in today's comic world, there's um, there's a lot more to mock than there is to to praise, which is sad because mm. when I was collecting comics, yeah, you'd get the odd like, Jesus Christ, yeah. what is this? Yeah. What is this art? You know what I mean. Sure. But majority of it was was either raw talent that you could see was like this person's got talent they can go far. You mm. know, once they hone their skills, or they were like already you know like Jesus Christ, what a you know the, this person you know has honed their skills. But now it's like yeah, it, it's it's really hard to find like that. Oh, dude, I, I, I'm I talking about new, this, right? Yeah. I'm talking about new new artists on the scene last 10 years or whatever it's really hard to find someone you're like yes that person really like is fucking talented well yeah i mean this 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 went beyond um this was like this was this was woeful you know like this was woeful and i will tell you it was wolverine i'm sure 34 uh the artwork i saw from it i I believe it was i'll find it for you it's a picture of wolverine talking to beast and it was just so bad rich that like (laughs) it was just horrible but but with all that said, um, you know, uh, you know, and I think we've kind of put a bow on that bullshit. Um, I do want to say, in good news, Deadpool and Wolverine or Deadpool three, those first images came out, and can I just say this? They look so fucking cool. I'm going to buy the hot toy of Wolverine, Hugh Jackman in that yellow suit. I am so fucking excited. I think this movie will break a billion dollars. Um, I honestly think this is going to be... I checked both of the... Deadpool 1 and 2 both made $785 million and change. Like, that was literally the number I checked it uh, during the week. Now, I think this one with Hugh Jackman, I, I think it's going to be absolutely enormous. So many people were excited. Everyone's... Most people have gone very cold on Marvel recently. You know, like Secret Invasion... It's like fucking crickets, man, you know, with Secret Invasion. Like, so many people are not watching this show. I haven't even put it on yet. It just feels like people have lost interest. This came on. I saw so much discussion this week. I saw people at work were mentioning this to me, you know? Dude, I'm telling you, this this mm. fucking Hugh Jackman in this Deadpool movie, it's a fucking, you know, match made in heaven. I, I think this is going to be one of the biggest movies that they've had. Um, what's your reaction, Rich? Um, yeah, I mean, if it's if it's going to do it, that's probably the movie to get them to that um, mm. to that Berlin. Because I mean, that was let's be honest, that's what got Spider Man sure uh, to that billion. It wasn't his first two movies; it was the culmination plus the fact that they were going to be having the two other Spider Men in it that sure. finally got a, their Spider Man movie to a billion. So yes, I, I would say if it's going to make the billion, then this is pretty much the the one to do it. And are you excited, man, by the images, just on a personal level? I uh, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I When you shared the picture with me, um, I was like, you know, it's actually pretty damn good. Mm. My only caveat I said was that it's a pity that the, the arms are not bare, but mm. I can understand why they're not, because obviously Hugh didn't want to fucking go and get shredded just for... Well, he, know, he's working out for it. I've no, seen pictures. I mean, like, shredded. You know how yeah. he was... For Days of Future Past, for like, example. Yeah, Days of Future Past and, and all that, like, when he was, like, fucking... And even the Wolverine movie, mm. um, you know, he was fucking shredded. You know well, what dude, I mean? Dude, he's, like, like, he was, he's in his mid-50s now, you know, I think. I know, Dave. I'm not 
saying you have to defend him. I'm saying I understand why he's wearing the long sleeves. So All you right. don't have to make excuses. I'm, I'm not making excuses. Excuse. I'm just pointing some. No, but I hear your point. You, 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 I hear your point. But, but, but I will but say this. Comic is, is, the, the outfit is the most comic accurate one I've obviously they've ever done for Wolverine in any of the movies. So I thought yeah, it looked it's, awesome. It's pretty cool. I thought it it's a bit sad. like it's definitely going to look better when the movie comes out because obviously it's very bright yellow at the moment. But uh, obviously, once they do their lighting and uh, and and touch ups, it'll probably. I'm look a bit I'm better. happy. I'm looking at it right now. I'm happy with the fucking look. Seriously. No, but the problem is, is in broad daylight. Yeah. Uh, it it looks like cosplay. No matter what costume it is, doesn't matter what superhero it is. Yeah. In broad daylight, with just a normal camera, it looks like cosplay. But once they do their movie magic, I'm sure the suit will will look even better. I need this fucking. I, I I almost want to wear this suit around. I'm looking at it right now. I, I see your point. Um, yeah, man. Like this, and there were pictures of them fighting and stuff. Like, I I I just I honestly just want so many movies of them doing this, man. Like, I just hope I, I'm starting to hope Hugh Jackman sticks around. You know, like for this whole thing, and just carries it on his shoulders once again, man. He's done it before, you know. Um, on those broad shoulders. His broad Aussie shoulders, man. He's going to carry this franchise to a billion dollars. He's probably going to win an Academy Award, let's face it. Um, and he deserves it, man. You know, he deserves it. If anyone's ever deserved it, it's Hugh Jackman. We want to get him on the show. Where are we on that, Rich? Have you made any inquiries recently about the Hugh Jackman situation? Uh, that's your job, buddy. Yeah, I know. I'm working on it, man. It's Yeah, I am working on it. It's, it's, it's hard work, but... I am so excited. I am just so excited. Um, this sent me down the rabbit hole. This is why I started reading. I was like, man, I'm so pumped. Started with Wolverine, um, Larry Hummer's yeah. Wolverine, and then I got onto the X-Band, and I'm just I'm just deep down the oh, well. They got you so pumped, and then came the bad news. What was the bad news, Ben? What? Come on. You know what the bad news is, buddy. Oh, no. Are you talking about the horrible strike? Oh, yeah. The strike has now <laughs> affected your... Your yeah. lovely Wolverine and Deadpool movie now apparently <laughs> on hold till who knows when they have no date. Well, they're on. They're, yeah, because I, I the first I heard of this, and I am supportive of the strike. By the way, I look. I was reading the Oppenheimer. Is that how you say it? Oppenheimer, the the movie that I mean. I, Oppenheimer, yeah. Oppenheimer, a movie that I'm at zero level interest in. Um, I get it. He created the atomic bomb. I get it. it's interesting, but like Christopher Nolan, I'm just like. Am I the only one thinking how dramatic can this possibly be? <laughs> like, it just doesn't. Uh, probably. <laughs> like, like, I'm just kind of like. I mean, I know, mean, it is pretty dramatic what they did. So I guess, but like, it's literally world changing. It's, it it's is, what man. They did, literally yeah. earth shattering. So it yeah, is. It is, but at the same time, I mean, maybe I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just picturing a lot of scientists sitting in labs. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Maybe there's a lot more to it than that, but. Anyway, the point of the story is I was reading on, um, on it was on Facebook, I think, and, and all of the actors at the premiere just got up and walked out. And I was like, for a strike? And I was like, what strike? And I knew there was a writer's strike on. I was confused. I was like, what, what a weird time to pick. But then I realised that it's actually the perfect time because they make the news. Um, and there's been so much heat on this movie. Like, this movie's, you know, being praised to high heaven. And... Um, Yes, so the actors are striking alongside, as well, the writers who are already on strike. And uh, Fran Drescher, actually, uh, Nanani, is the president of the uh, Actors Guild, the Screen Actors Guild, and she announced the strike was on. 
Um, and Hollywood is essentially closed for business. Now, I actually, you know, in all honesty, I to- I totally agree with what they're doing because, like, Bob Iger was out there saying he can't understand it. He thinks the demands are so unreasonable. And she said, she actually made a great comment about that. Um, she was basically saying, um, he was saying it's very unreasonable, not realistic. And he said, um, there was one guy who said, dude demands $45 million a year plus a golden shower golden parachute in case he fucks all up and we're the ones being unrealistic if studios are making 30 billion dollars in profit every year a struggling take a pay cut bob fran drescher called bob Iger a medieval land baron which i actually agree with she said i found them terribly repugnant and out of touch over his remarks and honestly as we all know many times i've decried the corporate basically greed and exploitation as well. The sheer exploitation of the creative industry is amazing to me. And guys like Iger promising huge dividends to shareholders while at the same time, you know, essentially paying peanuts to a lot of people. Not everyone, not everyone, certainly not the golden few, but a lot of people in the creative process are getting shafted. And, you know, I think this strike is perfectly timed. And I think... If they're ever going to get a sort of fair shake, this is what they needed to do. That's my opinion. Um, I am behind the strike. Yes, it's affecting Deadpool 3, but that's a small price to pay in the big picture. You know, the movie will happen. Um, the, it, it almost needs things where people care to, for, the, for the strike to have any effect. Because if it's stuff that no one gives a fuck about, then... It, it, there's no reason for the studios to sort of like negotiate. I, oh, look, I I agree. I um, I, I hope the strike basically is like a death knell for a lot of the practices and stuff at the moment. Mm. Um, and and even if it becomes like, even if I'll be honest with you, even if a fuck ton of them lose their jobs and we and we narrow it down for a while mm. until we build it back up, that would be fantastic. Because he, here's the thing, um. What has what has killed not just the writers, but just has killed talent mm. and experience is uh, streaming. So mm. uh, let, let me explain. Obviously, before we had streaming, we had TV, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a writer and you're working on a TV show, obviously the TV, you know, most episodes are 20 to 25 episodes a sure. season. Yep. So you you work in most of the year. Um, but not just that, you're obviously working in office, you're having meetings, you maybe get to go on the set, learn, you know, learn what the craft is, how to make movies and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And because you're working more and you're learning more, you know, you probably get promoted and whatever. But during TV, they used to get residuals. Um, so when yeah. a show became syndicated, anytime an episode that they wrote mm. got aired, they would actually get a residual from that. Mm-hmm. So that all went away with streaming. And obviously, uh, and COVID helped as well because now with streaming, you are not on set. You're you work from home. Mm. You maybe have a Zoom meeting. So one, you're not getting experience. You're not getting to work around and with experienced or talented people who can teach you. And again, because the streaming thing is not, there's no repeats. There's no uh, syndication. You don't really get, you know, and the studios are not, sharing numbers so mm. you don't know as a writer how well exactly. things are doing yeah so yeah do i hope this all fucking brings it crashing to the ground sure and then in the hopes <laughs> something can better be built from it um where you know what yeah maybe you start the job not with great talent maybe you're a shitty writer you got your head up in the clouds but you know being 
you, you'll get experience. And I think that's why we had better writing mm. in, in, in more TV shows. It's not that the writers were better, but you had more opportunity to learn and grow and actually become a better writer by working on well, shows. Well, I mean, I, I'm not even that – I mean, I, I don't mean to say I'm not concerned about quality, but I think the argument goes beyond quality. It goes beyond – it goes to the exploitation factor, which is what I think it, it no, is, but- you know. I agree, but it's also expectations for it because, again, the streaming services don't necessarily fucking care. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, right now, they they wouldn't give a shit if AI wrote it. No, yeah, as long I as, agree. As long as yeah. there was shit that they could put on and people fucking kept their subscription going, yeah. they don't give a, give a monkey writes it, man. And that's what I'm mm. saying. Like, the whole – everything affects everything. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. It's You need to remove one domino to stop everything else from falling because they're all connected. It's true. You know what I mean? It's, it's the exploitiveness, the, 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 the lack of – good writer it's all connected you know what i mean it's a it's an ecosystem it also As I said, it, needs to, it needs to come down it needs to just be frank drescher made like a great demolished. point uh, you know the the point of the it's it's also the the revenue um sort of promises that are made to the shareholders um that they're based on the, their profit sort of uh, you know, earnings and their dividends and everything are based on this model which is basically like squeeze it squeeze it squeeze it like disney a perfect example milk it milk it milk it pay peanuts milk it milk it milk it deliver profits um deliver dividends blah 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 increase corporate value like this is the only way i think that there will be a any kind of negotiated settlement in their favor like uh, in in the creative's favor because I mean, people are like, "Oh, it's a tragedy that Deadpool three is getting, you know, uh, postponed." Yeah, I mean, it's it, you know, it's it, that's that's exactly why they're doing it because they, they've got to do it on things that people give a fuck about. I mean, there's a reason the Oppenheimer people walked out at the premiere. It's to get the news fucking thing so you can get Matt Damon and that weird looking guy, Cillian Murphy, and whoever else. And can I say Florence Pugh looking very unattractive with a fucking nose ring and a shaved haircut? I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, um, she was doing no one any favors when she gave her soundbite. Let me tell you. Um, and you had Matt Damon talking and stuff. And like, you know, it's to get that bump. It's not a fucking coincidence. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, because I wasn't aware that there was any. And I haven't been closely following the news. I wasn't aware that the actors were even involved and then that was when i realized and and probably it's been percolating the news for weeks and i just haven't noticed it i knew the writers were on strike but um yeah i mean it's gonna be interesting to watch it's gonna be at least to watch this space kind of moment you know and fucking bob Iger coming out and saying he thinks they're all unrealistic and stuff and apparently some she-hulk writer was saying she earned 300 bucks for her episode now say what you like about she-hulk but that's a travesty you know um it's neither here nor there whether the show's good or bad the fact is She's writing for a major network, and it's getting on Disney Plus, and they're earning fucking billions, and they paid her three hundred bucks. Like that's outrageous to me, you know. Mm. And it, yeah, and it's nothing to do with the quality of the product. It's just to do with paying people an equitable amount. And yeah, I'm I'm frankly glad it's happening. Like honestly, I, I'm 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 fucking glad. Um, and I hope you know. Yeah, I definitely want equity, but it better be fucking on a merit based system. Yeah, well, that's a separate discussion. Um, no, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, that's a separate. It's a, I get you. I get what you're saying. I get what you're throwing down. Uh, but at at this point in time, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, that's almost a separate problem. I mean, because w- what is interesting to me, and this is where it gets tricky. I think the actors 
are less likely, like, and I, maybe I'm being cynical here, I think the actors are less likely to cross the picket line than the writers because I think the actors are more visible, um, whereas I think some writers might buckle, you know? Well, to, well I was going to say, to be fair, most actors mm. are going to see which way it's, it's going Sure. First. There'll be some that will, yes, join the picket line, or join the whatever, but there'll be some actors be like, "Well, I need to see which way it's leaning first because, <laughs> you know, it, it, if the writers are winning, winning, great, I can sort of throw my support behind it, and I'll still get work or whatever. But if I throw my support behind them and they lose, well, I well, mean, I think are going to remember that. I think you've re- unless you're a super big name, is my point. Yeah, but uh, true. But if you're a member of the Screen Actors Guild, you're not going to go against the Screen Actors Guild because that's a you know you don't want to lose your membership. So, you know, I almost think... No, but you can't just shut your mouth is my point. Like, I'm you don't not have saying to do anything. Like, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything. But, like, I'm talking about, like, okay, let's, say you're, let's say you're actor X, okay? And let's say you're a reasonably well-known TV actor, okay? Um, but not a big name. Just a reasonable... You're, you're, in, you're in a TV show. You're in a fucking, you know, NCIS or something like that. But, you know, you're not a big name, but you're a consistent worker. If every actor's on strike... And the Screen Actors Guild is saying, "Don't go to work." You're, you're wisest to not do that. You're wisest just to not go to work. Just follow the directives no, no, of the no, union. No, I'm not you know? talking about going to work. I'm mm. saying whether you actually show your actual support, I because see. you could say, "Hey, I can't go to work." It's the SAG says I can't go to work, yeah, yeah. right? Or you could be asked an interview and say, "Oh, yeah, the whole thing's terrible, man. You know, it's. I really hope it can be worked out and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. resolution." That's not you taking a side. Sure. That's you being. What I'm saying is, you're going to get some actors who are going to come and go. It's disgusting. These people need to be paid more. I stand with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you're going to get the ones who are like, I'm going to shut up till I see which way the wind's blowing. Oh, there'll be a lot of them. There'll be before I open my mouth or something. Oh, dude, like that's the majority. I mean, that's the yeah, that's definitely. I'll tell you, someone who didn't take the neutral position was was Ron Perlman. Uh, he came out swinging. <laughs> dude, he came out. He came out <laughs> swinging and had to clarify some comments he made, saying he didn't actually wish anyone bodily harm. Because <laughs> really? he, he went, it. yeah, he went out. He went out fairly extremely. Uh, it was pretty kind of. Uh, let's let's bring up what he actually said because I think it was actually quite amusing. Um, and he sort of went pretty strongly uh, with his. Um, he gives a stern warning. To studio executives in the deleted Instagram post. Um, what, did he, what does he say here? Uh, blah, 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 blah. He's 73 years old now. Um, he officially joined the Writers Guild of America Picketeers on, Friday, on Thursday for the first time in a total of six decades. The end game, he, the star responded to an anonymous executive telling Deadline earlier this week that the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses. So that's what a studio exec said. Like basically, we're going to try to, try to wait them out, which, you know, is classic fucking, you know, corporate and lawyer shit. Like, just keep it keep it rolling in the courts kind of thing until they run out of money. Ron expressed in the deleted clip per TMZ. This is, this is his words. The one thing before I get off, this motherfucker who said we're going to keep this thing going until people start losing their houses and apartments. Listen to me, motherfucker. There's a lot of ways to lose your house. Some of it is financial, some of it is karma, and some of it is just figuring out who the fuck said that. (laughs) And then, and we know who said that and where he fucking lives. After a brief pause, he added, there's a lot of ways to lose your house. 
You wish that on people. You wish that family stuff where you're making 27 fucking million dollars a year for creating nothing. Be careful, motherfucker. Be careful. Be really careful because that's the kind of shit that stirs shit up. Peace out. Classic Ron Perlman. And, um, you know, so he punched that out and then he had to walk it back a day later and said he didn't actually wish anyone any bodily harm. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's why, you know, I'll, I'll say for people, I mean, they get, I, I don't use Twitter and all that sort of shit, right? Yeah. But, that's what they say. Take a breath first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Get your emotions under control. <laughs> you know, if you read something that, that, that makes you angry, just wait. Sure. Okay? Wait a couple of hours or even wait a day mm. before you start fucking typing. Do you know what I mean? Because it's forever. I don't care if you delete it. It's forever because someone yeah. is going to screenshot it. Well, okay? I think he... Why I think he... Post, he, he pretty much is there forever. I, I know Ron Perlman's um, things. It wasn't he didn't write it. He he records it. A video of him saying this shit. He, he, I don't know whether yeah. you, but whether you write or record it, yeah. it's out there. Once you put it out, it you is, can't yeah. you can't take it back. It's like when he went fucking crazy about Apple. Remember when he went crazy about Apple? Yep. Tro- and he had that was so fucking funny. And he was like, and I liked it when he goes, "It's the greed." And he's a fucking loose cannon man, but I love him for it. Like we, but that's the thing. In a strike situation, you need those crazy motherfuckers who, who are going to go after the fucking, you know, the, the attack dogs, basically. You, you need an attack dog. Um, yeah, as long as that person knows they're an attack dog, because you've got to be somebody capable of an attack dog. It can turn around and bite you too, so. <laughs> yeah, but I love it, man. Like, don't you love a bit of controversy as well? Like, don't you love the wrong Oh, I don't like care. I'm just up? saying, like. I, I just find it funny how some. I mean, because let's be honest, in this day and age, you can you can quite easily ruin your career sure. with one with one stupid tweet or, or sure not paying attention or just saying the wrong thing but, that you but, didn't realize. I'm just saying it's yeah. it's even more now like sure. than it's ever been. So, but do you sure, think he gives a fuck? Us, do you damn. think he gives a fuck? I don't think he gives a fuck, really. I don't. I well, think he's probably re- not at his rich, age, rich enough and old enough to like. He's almost the perfect guy. People love him. You know, like, he's loved by the fans. He's rich enough. He's old enough. Let this fucking guy go rather than someone else who's more middle of the road. And, you know, and... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to sound nasty, but mm. you know how you say it's good to have an attack dog? Mm. When he comes on to, like, Twitter or whatever his voice is, uh, whatever, the people literally look through the, through the door and go, they've got a cave troll. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, it's it's pretty fucking funny. Like, um, but you know, in all fairness, like joking joking aside, I'm one hundred percent behind these people who are striking, and I can see what they're doing. And Bob Iger can fuck off. You know, Bob Iger with his like millions of dollars per year, saying he doesn't understand like what they're complaining about. Meanwhile, Disney are paying three hundred dollars on a product that they're pumping out for their fucking Disney Plus. Blah blah blah. Money, 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 and. Yeah. You know, there's a I'm, guy who can fuck I'm off. I'm half there with you, Dave. Yeah. I'm half there with you. Man, I'm, I'm ready to burn I want, down I want the talented, Disney. competent writers to get their money, get their due, mm. get a fat paycheck, and I want the rest all fired. And, I'm going to make uh, a comment right now. Yeah. Can we wind up with the French Revolution and the guillotine? Maybe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, hey, I'm not, saying, uh, I'm not saying I want it, but it could. I don't understand we... why. Yeah, I was going to say, why do you always have to take it so far? <laughs> Dude, it happened once before. Imagine this Disney Paris. They set up a guillotine, they start beheading fucking Disney execs. 
Miley, then someone will wake up. That's probably a bit on the nose. They're too busy burning their city down now. (laughs) Well, they can take a break from one fucking, you know, radical action to another one. Look, I'm I'm enjoying the chaos. I'm loving Ron Perlman's fucking energy, Um, that dark fucking energy he's fucking channeling. I'm feeling it too. And I just love seeing some of these corporate fuckers getting taken down a peg as well, you know. And Fran Drescher coming out. I've always loved her. Blasting. She was on blast mode in that nasal voice, which I've always looked up to. And I was just like, yeah, this is it. Like, Mr. Sheffield, you know. (laughs) Her voice isn't that. (laughs) It's not that in real life, Dave. I hope you know that. Okay, well, anyway. Whatever, man. Like, there's a lot of fucking energy. As you can tell, I'm excited by everything. Um... Let's move away from the strike. We're going to stay on this. They're like land barons of a medieval time. Yeah, they are. Well, fucking lot like land barons. Disney white slavers, so. Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> we all know. Walt Disney, was it, Was he a member of the American Nazi Party or was he just affiliated with? Difficult to tell with no, all the that fucking. Was a, that was a lie by communists. <laughs> was it really? Or was it a lie that it was a lie? Who knows? No, it, w- it was a lie that his workers started really? because he was firing them all. Yeah, it was a fucking lie because he was probably a corporate fuck, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I thought he was a good person, but he wasn't affiliated with the, yeah. the Nazis. Okay, well, as I said, it was a maybe, but yeah. Anyway, like, let's get me off this topic because you know my emotions. You know, you talk about people whose emotions run right. I'm one of those people. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I called for a guillotine before. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Rob Purple is calling for the guillotine, but I am. Put it this way, I'd be surprised if you didn't, Dave. Yeah, fuck it. Like, yeah, fuck them, basically. I fucking hate them anyway. Like, you know, I'm not even going to go any further into it. I think I've made my feelings clear. Um, now, but regardless, actually, in, before this blew up, and Bob Iger really fucking annoyed me, he did actually make a good point uh, earlier in the week. I'm not sure if it was in the same investor call, but he made a good point. He says... Which I agree with. This is the thing with Bob Iger. He actually does get it in a lot of ways. Like, he said, too many TV shows diluted focus at Marvel and played a role in box office disappointments. Um, I think he's 100% yeah, he's right. True. No, yeah, and like, and I'm not saying he's blameless or anything, but, but he's right. Like, and I was thinking earlier today, now, Secret Invasion. Now, I do want to watch it, you know, and I have not seen a second of it, so I, I can't even judge it for quality. But I honestly feel that the deluge of sort of mediocre to average material over the last, I'd say, two to three years has really weakened my appetite for the new offerings that seem so similar to the old offerings, you know, and there's a lot of the excitement factor has really been killed off. Really, it's almost like like a spark. It's been kind of or, or a candle. It's kind of been put out. And I, I thought as well of Hawkeye. Now, there's a show. I've not. I don't mind Hawkeye. I don't love Hawkeye, but I don't mind Hawkeye. You know, in terms of like in the Marvel universe, I've not watched a second of that show, and that is purely because I just felt there was so much other product, and I just didn't really feel any drive to, and it was just a pure. I. I not just saturation, but saturation of very average material, you know? And mm-hmm. he's on he's he's actually right. Like Bob Iger's not stupid. He's very smart. Um and I it's the but it's Disney's model where they're like squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it. The problem when you do that is though, people just go, Well, this is just it's vanilla and then it's vanilla with a tiny little bit of a flavour, then it's vanilla again, and it's like 
I just feel like almost like I'm eating the same meal night after night after night. After a while, I, I'd rather eat anything else, you know? Um, what's your view, Rich? Am I on the money? Well, you you are on the money because you now finally agree with me. Well, I've always kind of been coming around to this, but what I'm saying is I really feel that, like, it's essentially it's playing out in real time now. We're, we're past the point of theorising yeah. about it. We're, we're, in the, we're in it. It's happening, you know? Well, as, as I said, I, I'm a firm believer in that, like, and I've said this before on the show, you mm. need to protect your properties, right? And you need to stop diluting your properties. Now, mm. your property is the MCU, okay? Mm. And doesn't mean that you can't do shows, but you need to decide, okay, what character are we going to do? How are they going to fit into the MCU? Why are they going to be important? Why mm. should people watch it? You don't, like, you, as you're saying, okay, we've had uh, how many shows? Okay, we've had Wanda, we've had Loki, we've mm. had uh, Sam and, and uh, whatever, we've had um, She-Hulk, we've had Moon Knight, mm. we've had Miss Marvel, mm. uh, we've had, did I say Loki? Loki, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, what have we had? Almost 10? Mm. Yeah, and, at least, shows, yeah, at and least, it's like, yeah. well, okay, but why should I care about any of them? Now, you want to give me a show or two, great. Mm. You know, give me a character that gives me a character that's part of that MCU to watch in between the movies. You know, mm. give me one or two. You know, give me ten. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, just keep throwing and slapping one out there because mm. you want to try and, like, hit as many characters. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Be more selective and protect your brand, protect your your, your IP, your property. Mm. Don't dilute it. And that is what that's what Marvel's doing right now is they are literally diluting their their, their their franchises, their properties, because you are, you know, <laughs> it's not even someone else that's flooding the market to spite you. You know, like, we're yeah, yeah, successful, yeah. and every other studio is fucking copying you, and now you've got 10 things, and so you're... You know what I mean? Like you are doing that yourself. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, you you are literally killing your own brand yourself. So, which is yeah, hilarious. no, they they need to laser laser focus, man. Decide what's important and stop just throwing slap shit out there. Like you know, you want to focus on Loki, focus on Loki. Why is he important? Give me two or three seasons of of Loki or something like that. You know mm. what I mean? Like mm. that's what you need to do. And again, they're gonna make the same mistake with Star Wars, I think. Right? As soon as they had success with Mando, mm. what did they do? They announced like five new shows. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Do one. If you've got an idea for another show that can tie into Mando or, or jump off Mando, then do that. But you do not do five at the same time. We'll start working on five at the same time. That's just stupid. I am looking forward. I know you're probably not looking forward to it. I am looking forward to that. Um, uh, uh, how do you say the name, Rich? Ahsoka Katano, is it how you say it? Sorry. Oh, uh, Ahsoka, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I look, and when I say looking for, I, I'm interested. I will say that. I'm interested. I don't feel as if, maybe I'm wrong, I don't feel as if Star Wars has been so flooded as Marvel. I feel very no, no. over Marvel, you know? But I think it will if they continue. Oh, My yeah. point is, yeah, yeah. the success of Mando, have, now they're in the, in the process of filming everything, or trying, but they're going to have multiple come out. And if, Oh, because they've already had multiple. What have you had? You've had Boba Fett. You've had uh, um, Obi, mm. Obi-Wan. You, you're now going to be having the Ahsoka one. You've got that other one that's coming. Oh, she's directing and writing one of the... Um, the, 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 the not, not the Old Republic. What is it? The New Republic? Oh, yeah. You, I know what you mean. The, the ones that are set, like, way back in, in time. Not not way back, kind of in between Old Republic and and like yeah. the the movies. I, like, I I I honestly don't know. I mean, everything you're saying to me, I'm confused by right now. But it's hilarious, nonetheless. 
Yeah, look, definitely, I will agree with you on this. Um, There is absolutely, yeah, left to their own devices, um, Disney will do the exact same thing to Star Wars. They're the exact same thing. Like, there's, yeah. yeah. Any little bit of success, they will then flood it. Oh, well, if they don't learn from the Marvel shit. Well, they, I, like, yeah, yeah. They'll just repeat the same mistake then. Well, this is the thing. This is the funny thing about Iger. He, he does get it, like, I think. And he probably realises, like, they flooded Marvel. They, I mean, and the reason was because it was such a huge cash cow. Like, those movies made so much money. When the, when the show started, there was so much hype. And it's so funny that, like, they've... And they also were desperate for content for Disney Plus as well. I, I think he's showing... I've see we've been we've been doing the show you know what I've been doing the show it's got to be closing in on five to six years in that time span I mean Bob Iger is one of the biggest proponents of Disney Plus he's trying to whitewash it away now saying they don't want to be too reliant on it blah 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 he was one of the biggest proponents of Disney Plus you know yeah well you 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 say that they they you know they're lacking content and content when our our next story Mm. or our next subject. that movie they owned that we're going to discuss now, and they they sold it to someone because they literally didn't want it. What? And I was like, yeah. so basically, the, there's a new movie we're going to be talking about, which you just watched the the trailer. Oh yeah, Sound the, of Freedom, yeah. Sound of Freedom, right? Disney owned that because it was made by Fox. Okay. Right. It was made by Fox before the acquisition. It's been sitting in their vault. Okay. They didn't want it. Mm. Don't know why. Mm. They sold it to Angel Studios or whatever, a, a Christian whatever, mm. and. You know, when it's, it's talk of the town. It's you know, creating uh, discussion and stuff. And again, there was something that you could have had for your Disney Plus if you wanted um, yeah. content. So well, who yeah. knows how much other shit is sitting in the um, their vault from purchases and stuff that is deemed too, you know, offensive Con- or wrong side of the political. Well, aisle. let's let's get into it because I because I, th- well, I think we're in agreement on this on this Marvel thing. So, Sound of Freedom, um, you recommended to me. I had not heard of it, although you said you mentioned it last show. I must not have been listening. Um, now, we beat Indiana Jones last week. When okay. Oh, um, right. So, I watched, so, how do you say his name? Is it Jim Caviezel? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. yeah okay, Jim so from um, Person of Interest, uh, Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Good actor. Very good actor, actually, I would say. Very good actor. Very intense. Um mm-hmm. Anyway, so he's in this thing, uh, Sound of Freedom, which is a movie from the looks of it. Uh, is he a cop or something? And he's he's breaking down pedophile rings and stuff like that, yeah? Um, so, yeah, he worked for uh, the government. I can't remember if it was um, – it was some agency. So he yeah. was um, – I don't think it was CIA. I don't think so. But anyway, he worked for some agency, and he wanted to, uh, you know, go after these cartels, and he was told that he can't. Yeah. Uh, the jurisdiction shit. So he basically quit his job, and and he goes after them himself. And I believe, I mean, uh, based on the trailer, on, based on a true story. Um, yes. Yep. And I've got to say, I, I, you know, I thought it looked awesome. I can't wait to see this thing. Now, apparently, it's blowing the box office up in the states. Um, it's got a pretty cool marketing campaign. He's a very cool guy in terms of like he's intense, and he at the end of the trailer, he does a kind of sell direct to the audience. And there's some sort of marketing um, scheme behind it as well. Uh, yeah, I, clever, I think, U- utilizing um, you know his cachet because he's got kind of his own mm. fan base, and I think he's a little um, uh, you know not eccentric is the right word, but like he's he's a little out there, and I think he he connects. You know, he he's one of those actors who connects with an audience, and um, 
those people who like him really dial into his vibe. And I think this movie looks awesome. I can see, I mean, I'm glad it's making money because, frankly, it's a slap in the face against everything we've been talking about so far. It's the opposite, you know. It's it's mm. it's you know it's 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 counter programming. I guess is the is the is the way to describe it. Um, yeah, uh, fucking great, man. And the fact that it's it's based on a true story makes it even more cool. So uh, Michael Kellishim uh, wrote in. Um, Hollywood media are not a fan of the movie. Apparently, it's getting smeared by outlets as an alt right wing uh, Q Anon movie, uh, warning people that just okay, whatever that means. That, that, what does that mean? It's ultra right wing or something? It's some it? um, some conspiracy. Like uh, it's supposed to be some sort of conspiracy okay. group kind right. of thing and all that. Well, like um, the Illuminati kind of thing. Yeah, well, even I think even Chuck was accused of being QAnon. <laughs> was he? <laughs> of what a member of the Illuminati? Yeah, because of his What's character. That that the, his character Q. What was it? it was what has Chuck Dixon done to deserve this? Listen, if here's the thing: QAnon has become the the left. Um, uh, uh, dog whistle. Like if right. they don't like something, okay. they they associate it with some wackadoo, right? Like out there group who believes in like outlandish uh, okay. conspiracy theory type shit and all that. Okay. And, and what I find so funny of them labeling this as like a QAnon sort of thing. QAnon didn't become a thing, and I think till about 2018 or something. I have heard of it. Like I've seen right? the name. I don't. Really but know this it. movie was made in like 2016 by Fox by 20th Century Fox. Right. So it's like bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to claim that this movie was made for Q, it's like this movie was made before QAnon was the thing, and yes, maybe the, uh, maybe <laughs> actors or something have, have, have talk about it now. But my point is, it wasn't that wasn't the subject when they made the fucking movie. Like, yeah. What um, I've what I, like that's a, sorry, I couldn't stop laughing when everyone assumed Chuck Dixon was a member of some shadowy organization. Um, but they don't like um, just conservatives in general, which is what he is. And well, yeah, um, it's funny to me that uh, I never thought I would live in a, in, in a day and age where a, a, a true life movie about a guy that saves children yeah, exactly. from sex trafficking would cause controversy and be uh, look, told I, by like media to not watch it. It's like, I think it's like, fucking bullshit that people are speaking out against this film. Like, it's based on a true story and. If this is a real storyline where this guy went after the sex traffickers and, 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 and saved the children and stuff, like, God bless this guy. I've often said that um, that's the exact kind of thing that I want to see happen in real life. And, mm. I mean, I'm sure it's, like, based on loosely, uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm down for oh, it. And, by the way, apparently I, I, I read an interview where apparently you know what he's doing right now? He's actually in Ukraine uh, saving kids there from... Like getting Who? In the Jim Caviezel or the, act, the guy it's based on? No, not the actor, the real life guy, man. <laughs> cool. Well, good, good on him. I'm like, just saying, like, this isn't a guy who's like, he did it once and, like, it's like, no, no, this is, like, literally his job. Like, cool. he's his self-employed guy who goes around saving well, children. The, 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 <laughs> like, well, I can't wait to see this film, frankly. I, I, I didn't even know yeah, this film existed I, I, until I last week. Watch it as well. I, yeah. I didn't even know this film existed until last week. And oh, sorry, this week when you mentioned it, and apparently you'd mentioned it last week, and I wasn't listening. Um, sometimes, man, you need to repeat it twice for Davey because you know I've got a lot of stuff flooding in during a show. I'm monitoring a lot of feeds. I love Jim Caviezel as well. Can I just say this? Like, forget the movie. I think the guy's a great fucking actor. 
Um, he's very intense. Yeah. He's really intense. He's a very intense actor. And when he appealed to the audience right after the trailer and started talking, I was mesmerized. You know, I was like, man, this guy's like speaking my language. And um, he's intense, but also soft spoken at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's one of those guys like he's really intense, but he still like comes across like yeah soft, yeah like, he i know, feel like he could sell ice to eskimos this guy you know um <laughs> and um or should i say inuits <laughs> whatever man <laughs> i couldn't give a fuck the snow people Why don't we snow call people them? yeah the igloos <laughs> um he could go from igloo to igloo you know selling selling ice <laughs> um no he's cool i think i'm remembering now i think he gets a bit of blowback because he's quite christian um, and I noticed he was wearing the cross in the thing, and there's a lot of God's children. So I think that um, he is an actor in the last few years has gotten a bit of um, blowback from, again, like the radical left um, about being Christian, you know. And I'm a massive atheist, but I still think it's bullshit that we, we, we're, we're slamming people just for that, especially Jim Caviezel, who I like. I don't know. Well, that's my problem. Okay, listen, even if you're anti Christian, right, or religion, or whatever. Mm. Are you really going to turn around and say, fuck that Christian because, you know, because yeah. he's Christian, even though he's saving kids? Yeah, I'm not. Like from I'm, sex trafficking. Like, no, I'm not at all. I'm not at all. No, no, no not no. you. I mean, I'm saying, like, let's say someone is like anti-religion. Are you sure. seriously going to turn around and say, I fucking hate that guy because he's Christian, but he's literally saving kids from from sex islands and shit? Like, Dude, what? he's doing he's doing something that I honestly think should be... I think that actually, like the organ, like the government should be doing so much more with this as well. Mm. Like honestly, what this guy is doing in real life, I believe we should have people do way more people doing this. Like if we if if we actually put our heads together, we could blow away a lot of these child sex networks, and we could also blow away a lot of the telemarket scammers and the, and all the scammers of the world set who are set up in India and shit like that. And like that whole black web or dark web, or whatever the fuck it's called, uh, we could wipe out a lot of that if we actually put the resources in and we're prepared to go in there and hit them fucking hard. You know. So, but I mean, you know, I mean, in in, in a world where we praise Marvel movies, mm. right, and superhero movies, here's a movie about an actual real hero, yeah. a real life Batman, yeah. Punisher, you know, whatever yeah, you want to call exactly. him, and and we like fuck that guy. It's so weird to me. Don't you think that's weird? I, I, I agree with you one billion percent, man. Um, I've never been more fucking pumped up about a movie. I would say the last movie I felt as strongly about was probably Rambo First Blood, you know? Um, well, this is the real life. Okay, you yeah, know. this is the real thing. Um, this is like a real life. Another like, movie, hero. another movie, you know, similar kind of thing um, was, uh, what was it called? American Sniper. Um, I thought that was a fucking fantastic film about based on a true story is what I'm trying to say. Now that guy got that guy got some blowback as well from fuckers who were nowhere to be seen when he was fighting the fucking dissidents in Iraq. You know? They were nowhere to be seen. They were hiding behind their fucking couches watching the TV. You know? And and they're out there on the front lines, and this guy who's taking down child sex. Sure I would say that to Jesse, the body venturer, but okay. Yeah, well, whatever, man. But but like you know, seriously, this this whole sound of freedom thing, I'm one billion percent on board. It's, that's all I'm going to say on the topic. Um, and and frankly, if you have a problem with this, you need to get your facts fucking checked because people are actually suffering in real life. Like kids are suffering in real life, in real fucking time. While we're sitting here guzzling down Disney shit, 
you know, like, and, like, let's remember that. The actual people are suffering, and this guy's doing something about it, apparently, in real life, and I think that's to be praised. Um, I'm sure he's not the only one, but... Yeah, man, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you brought this to my attention because I was not aware of it at all, and I think it's actually doing quite well at the box office. Like, it took in more than Indiana Jones or something, like you know. Am I right? Yeah, Rich? yeah, oh, yeah. In the first yeah. week, yeah, and then I think in the second week, what beat Indiana Jones in the second week? I have no idea. I have no idea what. There was something. Something came out. <laughs> I'm supposed to know. Happen. I don't know. But anyway, Indiana Jones is not doing well. But but by the same token, I'm sure this movie cost a fraction of what Indiana Jones cost to make. Like Indiana Jones cost like three hundred million dollars. Oh god, yeah. I'm sure this movie only cost like probably three million most <laughs> to make. Let's be honest. So is it an action movie? Like he's going after these fuckers. I mean, I'm sure there'll be action in it, but I mean, it's more of a sort of think of it more of it like a, a Jack Ryan type movie. Cool. Wow. There's a really good um, scene in the trailer where he go, the guy goes to him and one of the actors says uh, to Jim Caviezel, how many um, pedophiles have you you know arrested? He goes, 288. He goes, how many children have you rescued? Um, and he, he, there's a moment where he pauses because obviously like, he hardly ever gets them, you know? Mm. And it's sad, man. Like, yeah, wow. Um, well, even if you take down a ring, right, and right then and there you save 10 children. Mm. Before you took out that ring, how many children did you miss? Yeah. That are either gone, dead, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a powerful fucking message. Like, it's, yeah, you, you took it down, but by the time you did it, yeah, like, there was definitely children you couldn't save. And that's what's, like, so despicable about... It's terrible. ...that sort of shit. It's absolutely terrible. Well, um, all I can say is um, I think we should probably do... When it comes out on streaming, we should do a, we should do a Cinema of Doom, I think, Rich. Why not? Let's do a fucking deep dive on this film. Um, if we can, I'd love to see if we can get the guy, you know, um, if he does interviews and stuff like that. But let's see the film first, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm just, it's a message I'm very much behind. I've often thought about this myself. Um, it amazes me that we don't do more to stop this kind of shit, you know. So I'm glad to see someone's actually taken a fucking lead and done something about it, you know, for once. Um, now, turning back off that topic, uh, Superman Legacy writer-director James Gunn is expanding the DC Universe with three new actors. Your boy, Rich, Nathan Fillion, as Guy Gardner. Um, it says, one of the figures known as Green Lantern. Yes, he's a fucking Green Lantern. Uh, Isabella Merck D as Hawkgirl. Okay, I like Hawkgirl. And Eddie Gathaye, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, as Mr. Terrific. Uh, fill me in... What's Mr. Terrific again, dude? Is he the guy who has fair play on his outfit or something? Is that him? Or yes, that he's the re like the um the legacy character. So he, okay, he's not the original, but he's the one from the Jeff Johns. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay, all right, right. Cool. So um for those who don't know, and I and I don't blame me if you do. Um, so Nathan Fillion, uh, we know him from um Castle. We know him from um. The rookie, we know him from Firefly. We know him, from Richard, from your love life. He's one of your one of your besties, isn't he? Um, uh, he, he was, but we haven't spoken much. No, you've had a lover's tip. It feels like you haven't supported him in the rookie. Michelle has. Well, I'm... he didn't continue with Castle, so we, okay. we broke up. Oh dear. Now um, he's going to play Guy Gardner, um, who is known for his iconic okay. bowl cut haircut, which Philion will reportedly sport in the film. 
Um, Guy Gardner, for those who don't know, Rich would he best be described. He's kind of like the sarcastic, kind of very he's macho. Yeah, he's the misogynistic kind of Green Lantern. He's loud, he's obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's arrogant. Yeah, and he's. And I just don't agree with this casting. So, yeah, because I thought you were going to be happy because I thought. I've often said, how come your boy never gets a run in the movies? And uh, he's finally got a run. But well, yeah. he was in the fucking Suicide Squad as well. The. Oh, for um, one second, though. But I mean, like, a proper with the, the run. with the floating arms. Yeah, but I mean, like, a proper run where people actually not... Yeah, you know. I just... You know what? Yeah, cool. I'd love to see Guy Gardner, but I'm just like, one, I think Nathan Fillion's too old. Right. Um, And I just don't think he's right for a Guy Gardner. I just don't... It's not... Okay. A- I am I right in saying Guy Gardner has red hair? Yeah. He's okay. a ginger. Okay, cool. Um, All right. So, anyway, so we've got that casting out of the way. Then we've got Hawkgirl, who I do like. And Mr. Terrific, um, who I don't even barely know. And then we... I don't know why it's so hard to cast a good Mr. Terrific. You know that. They got it completely wrong in the Arrow fucking verse. Mm. Um, and now this, as I said, this is the guy that played... Um, um, what's the, 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 the guy that can evolve in uh, X-Men? Um, Darwin? Darwin. Darwin. This is the guy that played what? Darwin in the live-action movies. But... Right now he's too old and he looks like a skeleton. Wasn't was am I right in saying Darwin was in like first class for like five seconds, like ten years ago? Yes. Yeah, he was supposed to be able Jesus. to evolve to anything and he died. <laughs> yeah, that was. But but I mean, he was in it for like one scene from memory. Yeah, is that the... oh, a couple of scenes? But yeah, yeah, he died like very early. He was like, ho- he was hopeless. I would say his total time would be 10 minutes, maybe. Wow. But what I'm saying minutes, is maybe? we... Okay, but like, yeah. Wow, I wouldn't have even known that. So they've got that guy. Okay, that, that's not a big name. Then we've also got something that I'm very interested in. Anthony Carrigan, or Carrigan, as Metamorpho. A character I love. And in fact, you know why I love Metamorpho? A, I just think... he's awesome. He, he's awesome. Everything about him. He's awesome. He's got a sense of humour. He's so weird. But on top of everything, like, the, his look is so odd, but he's also got a really kind of, like, awesome demeanour. But my first ever comic my mother got me, Batman and the Outsiders, he was in it. My first ever comic that I that, that she bought me. I remember it well. And and he was a fantastic character in Justice League Europe. And he was, yeah. And he was also in Batman and the Outsiders. And I always thought he's such a cool character. And to hear that he's in this... I mean, this really feels like a proper Superman movie with, like, a lot of DC characters. Um, this feels like it's going to be totally different to the normal Superman uh, origin story, which is riffing off... Hopefully, Crypt- it's, hopefully it's not too cluttered. Yeah, but you know what? I've... I mean... Like, you can have a bit, but just focus on Superman, and then maybe mm. in the next movie you can mm. you can, you can can clutter it up a bit. But Jesus Christ, just don't over-clutter it in the first fucking movie, please. That's, mm. that's all I'm asking. You're, you're a bit dubious, aren't you, Rich? Again, just get Superman right first. If you can get Superman right first, right? Yeah, you can throw in a couple of cameos. I don't mind. Like, mm. but don't start announcing like twelve fucking you know mm. DC characters are going to appear in his first movie. I'm like, no, 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 no. Just focus on the fucking movie, please. I'm begging you. Just get this right. Show me that Superman sure. is in, in right hands. Mm. Then you can start having some. But fun this feels and... like a lot of people already to me. Exactly, that's my point. Like, it's already starting to feel a bit crowded. Well, yeah, I'm like, because the thing is, I mean, a lot of it's just fucking blink and you miss it. Fucking, you know. Yeah. Camera. Well, the, the my here's the thing for, that I think. You know, I'm like, um, it it sounds cool, 
but I'm also sort of like, what you only have so much time in real estate in a film, you know? You only have so much time. Mm. So let's say this movie's two and a half hours, okay? Um, you And they're saying it's not going to be the origin, but apparently it's going to be quite, um, he's going to be younger, so you can't tell me the origin is not going to come into it at some point. The origin will be there. Um, Krypton's going to be there, like, I don't know, like, I, I think it's the right move, actually, because you know why, and this may sound like sacrilege to Superman fans, I just feel like they've done enough Superman solo, kind of, like, bring in, I want to see, and, and they're bringing in kind of, like, random characters, like, um, like, Mr. Terrific and Metamorpho, these aren't characters that, like, the casual fans know. They're just not. They're just the casuals. They don't know these characters. And I think it's a point of difference. Um, no, okay. I'll tell you right now. The only character I want in the Superman movie mm. to show up mm. is Crypto. I want Crypto. That's it. I, want, I want him to be getting into a fight, and then he does the whistle, and then, wow. Yeah, I want Crypto. Super I, want, like, I want the Legion as well. That's I want. That's, just, that's the level of fan service I want. I mean, I love Metamorpho. I love the Green Lanterns. You know what I mean? I actually really like Mr. Terrific. Mm. Jeff Jones, Mr. Terrific. He's a fantastic character. Mm. But I don't need them in a Superman movie. I need Crypto. Right? Mm. You want to give me a great Superman and you want to expand it a bit and show us something we haven't seen? Mm. Give me Crypto. Okay. But Crypto, I mean, is I mean, I love Crypto as well. But, like, he's pretty normal, dude. You know? Isn't he? Crypto. But I'm saying, if that's what I want. Like, if you're going to do a cameo, or you're going to do a, you know, introduce something in the movie, I don't need they'll, the other they'll probably have they crypto, later, they'll, Give me crypto. They'll probably have crypto, dude. But what they're probably going to do is they're going to cut to a young Superman who's kind of part of sort of some ragtag Justice League. You know, like, it'll probably cut to Superman in his early years. Maybe they're not called the Justice League, but it'll be like a gathering of heroes like your Metamorphos, your Mr. Terrifics, who, you know, and I love Metamorpho, but he's a C-lister. You know, if not a D-lister, and same is terrific. C-listers, D-listers, you know, Hawkgirl, not much different. Um, it's the low-stakes team, you know, and, and I... Oh, actually, what a pity they're not doing the um, the terrifics. Oh, that would have been cool. Well, but the sky's the limit, dude, because this is... Don't forget, this is this is uh, supposedly the, the beginning of the James Gunn kind of thing. So I think a lot of it's going to kind of be... Um, how can I say it's it's going to be, uh, you know, like lead-ins to other stuff. We'll see. Oh, uh, you know, I have no, I have zero faith at the moment. Not saying that I can't do it. I just have zero faith at the moment. Really? You no. Know, so I start seeing some stuff, or maybe some trailers or whatever. Yeah. Like, but, uh, I've got nothing at the moment. You've kind I've of been zero. burnt. We've been burnt so many times by DC, haven't we? Yep. We have really been burnt so many times, like. We are like the abused. If I put children. any faith in him now, I'm literally just that abusive spouse, like abused spouse. <laughs> yeah. No, we have. I have. When they say this time they'll be different. This time we'll be different. <laughs> this time we won't drink. You know, this time we won't hit the kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. And yeah, no, no, I agree. There's been a lot of um, a lot of second chances given um, to DC. I will say this, and I'm not his biggest fan of all time, but I do feel that uh, James Gunn might be right man in the right time for this kind of thing. Like, he, he might be, you know, he is that rare example. Of, they always say they're big fans of the comics, you know, and mm. they're usually not. 
I think he actually does know what he's talking about, kind of thing. You know, in a weird way. Yeah. I, 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 I hope. I hope you're right. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. I'm not wishing them ill will. I just don't have any goodwill to give. No, I get it, man. Yeah, yeah. You're sort of like, yeah, yeah. You're 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 on the fence, aren't you, Rich? You know, I'm that dog that's been kicked too many times, and now anytime a stranger walks up to me, I start growling. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. It's fair, like, and they've brought it on themselves. Like, yeah. it's it's hard to feel sorry for them, and they're the ones who fucked it up. Um, but you know what? Hope springs eternal, and I am more of an optimist when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I also am tired of the old shit. Like, I'm more than willing to just wipe all that shit away. It's kind of you know what it reminds me of. It was also DC actually when Batman and Robin came out. I was disgusted. I I, I remember being in the cinema. I was in. I brought a girl to the film. And I was embarrassed to be a Batman fan. I was embarrassed. I, I just felt, I, I actually just felt like, like seriously, you, you've got this great character and great legacy and all this stuff, and this is the best you could do. You, like, you ruined it. And I actually, I felt almost, depressed might be too strong a word, but I was, in, I was sickened, actually, by it. I was really annoyed and more than happy all my good memories of Batman, um, more than happy to wipe away that film franchise. And when they came out, you know, quite some years later, when Batman Begins, I was so thrilled that it could, it could all start again. You know what I mean? And I just feel like th- that's how I feel about the, the not as second, but I actually, I'm just ready for something different, you know? And unfortunately, though, what they had with Batman and Robin and Batman Begins was a lengthy period of time that people forget. You know, like there was a good maybe ten years. You know, or roughly, it was it was at least it was close to a decade. It, whereas in this, there's almost been no break. <laughs> like the old stuff has only just come out. Like so, everyone still remembers it, and now you're trying to launch a new stuff. Like oh, and you know, six months later, here's the new stuff, and they there's no chance to breathe because they're so desperate to get their franchise up and running. Yeah. And that's part of the challenge. Like, it's very hard to disassociate from the old when you're given no time. You know, it's just... And they can't afford to have any more time because they've lost so much fucking money um, on these films. They need to have a hit. You know, they're desperate for a fucking hit. They lost money on Blackadder. They lost money on Flash. And Goodwill, not just money. Goodwill. Like, their Goodwill is in the toilet. And now they're betting all their chips on um, James Gunn and... Superman Legacy, and I mean, I hope it works out, man. I mean, really, honestly, like, I think, uh, I mean, my instinct is it will, but I've been wrong before with DC. I mean, I've many times, haven't I said to you, Rich, I feel hopeful about this movie, and more often than not, they've disappointed. Yep. So, it's interesting, isn't it? It's crazy. It is crazy, man. Like, what would be your favourite out of all the DC movies out of any they've ever done and then focusing in on the sort of Snyderverse and, and you know, further on to now. What, what's your favourite DC movie ever, firstly? Oh, oh, that's easy. That's Superman. Superman 1 with Christopher Reeve? Yeah? Yep. Okay. What about the stuff uh, from Man of Steel on to now? What's your Honestly, it's a, it's a toss-up between... Wonder Woman and Aquaman, but I'd probably go Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. 
Um, I mean, I haven't loved any of them. I mean, all time, it's it's Batman eighty nine. No, probably. I haven't loved it. But if you ask me, what's the best? Yeah, like yeah. if you had to put, you say to me, hey, you have to watch one of them. Which one's it going to be? Probably the Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman. I, uh, my, my favourite movie of all time from DC is Batman 89, closely followed by Superman 1. Um, since the so-called Snyderverse and, uh, and after that, I'm going to surprise you, actually, I think. My, <laughs> and I'm going to catch some heat for this. But I really like oh, that sorry, Batman... I can, sorry, I'm just going to change my answer, it's gonna, and, but I know it's going to piss you off. Go for it. My favourite of the Snyder that's around the Snyder time is the first Shazam movie. It's okay. Oh, you like that one, don't you? I do actually. I do like that first movie. That's fair enough. Um, no, I, I, I think it's one of the more competent ones. Um, no, Batman vs Superman Ultimate Cut. I, I have a soft spot for. I, I know. I know. Yeah. It's, I look. I, I, I like that movie. I can watch that movie and have a good time. Um, but I'm not fond. The only of... thing good about that movie is their fight, and then and and then his fight in the warehouse, and then the rest is all shit. I do like that though. Those two bits. Um, yeah, yeah, but that's the only thing worth watching. Yeah, no, I I like that movie a fair bit. Like, but it's not a great movie. But I, but I think so many of them have been mediocre that it's just sure. it's hard to pick. Like, I don't love that movie, especially as it, as the years go on. It's sort of like it still stays at a six point five to me, maybe a seven on a good day. But um, when I think of the rest of them, I mean, I like bits of Flash. You know, I'm not saying it's my favourite, but I like bits of it. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to pick them because so many of them are just fucking, so fucking average, you know? It's just mm-hmm. like a really oh, yeah. bad bunch of kids and you're supposed to pick the best one. And you're like, oh, God, like none of them really, like, you know? Um, so, anyway, with that said, I'm more than willing to just get the fucking broom out and sweep that all away. And if, you know, James Gunn can kick it off all fresh... Good, you know? And that's why he's packing it with so many people, dude. He's trying to build up his own new little universe. I, I understand, but just don't overdo it. Like, mm. just, you know what I mean? Like, get the... This is what I've said. Like, it's like... It's like trying to win three races at the same time. Mm. Just just get the one race done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just focus on, let's make a fucking great Superman movie. Let's get Superman right. Let's get Lois right. Let's get Jimmy right. Mm. You know what I mean? Let's uh, get Lex right. Uh, let's get, you know, whatever villain of the day it's going to be. Hopefully it might could be Brainiac or something like that. Whatever you're going to do, just get that right. Mm. Then, once you've got it right and you've got people on your side, mm. then you can start expanding and having a bit more fun because then people will give you that leeway. Yeah. I'm not prepared to give you that leeway when you haven't shown me that this is the right Yeah choices or decisions like I, then i'm just kind of like are you trying to distract me or are you throwing this thing in the <laughs> hopes that i'll get like super pumped because you put in so much you know you're just chock cramming it into bursting point when i was like but is that going to make it a good superman movie mm. yeah good point rich yeah i don't know man like it wouldn't you love you know this is where i'd love to get my hands on a script like before it even gets made like, no, I would, seriously. Like, I wonder how... I mean, scripts have leaked before. Like, Kevin Smith's script leaked of Superman Returns or whatever it was called. Superman, you know, that Superman script? I remember reading it in the 90s, man. I, I downloaded it off the internet. Uh, you know, and it was like... I mean, I, I thought it wasn't too bad. Um, I don't know. I'd just love to know. I, I'd love to get behind the scenes on this movie, actually. I think it'd be... I think there'd be an interesting to be story to be had on this one because the stakes are quite high, you know? The, the, mm. sta- the, the stakes for the Superman Legacy movie, when you look at it objectively, are actually quite high because they're trying to go 
they're trying to actually officially cut with all the rest of the shit that they've done and say, here it is, here's the new vision, here's all these new actors, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this, we're doing that. And it's kind of like, okay, will it will it sort of fly, you know, literally on its own steam? And I don't know. It's interesting. There, there so many times they've tried it and failed. You know, Black Adam was supposed to be this big fucking juggernaut, like, which no one really ever believed apart from The Rock, and it wasn't. Um, God knows The Flash. And Wonder Woman, you know, was that first Wonder Woman movie was touted as like, oh, you know, they're back on track, and then Wonder Woman 2 came out and people just hate it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't hate it as much as the regular person, but it was certainly not a great movie. I mean, it was... I thought it was just fun, but average, you know, and people were, like, hating it. Like, And I was like, wow. Um, it showed me how little goodwill there actually was. Like, that they put out what I felt was an average movie, and it was slated as so bad because I think that their goodwill factor is really low. Shazam 2, I mean, I don't know what that made at the box office, but it doesn't feel like it made anything. It made almost no, no waves. Well, but here's the thing. They've undone all any goodwill, okay? So they made a good Wonder Woman movie, mm. then followed it up with a stinker. Mm. They made a good Shazam movie, mm. then followed it up with a... Uh, which turned out to be a stinker, right? Mm. Um, they did a Man of Steel, which mm, was derisive already, but then they followed up with Batman v Superman, which... Was not well received. So anytime mm. they've, they've they've had any kind of traction, mm. they've undone it mm. with the the sequel or the next movie. Yeah, and I guarantee you, I if this Aqua movie ever comes out, I guarantee it'll probably be not as good as the first movie because that just seems to be their their yeah. mo. You know what I mean? Like they struggled to, to put back to back wins. Basically. Well, they they, they they struggled to capitalize on it. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, and we'll see what happens, man. But. It is interesting that so many left to field characters, like I wouldn't have picked Nathan Fillion to play Guy Gardner in the first Superman yeah. movie, yeah. and I wouldn't have picked Miss Terrific and maybe, I mean, Hawk Girl and Metamorpho. Like these aren't characters that spring to mind when I think of well, Superman. Well, they're doing that because they're obviously not ready to cast um, any important characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the big characters. Yeah, well, they're not, they're, they're, you know, I'm sure they're still deciding on Batman and Wonder Woman and. Mm you know, and the actual Green Lantern and Flash and all that sort of shit. Like, they're still figuring that shit out. So they're like, well, let's just grab some people that we're probably never going to have their own movie or be in sure. a movie, you know, just to give people something to say. But, hey, but, but see, I don't mind that. I, I actually think I think that's actually a good strategy, I, like, to me. Like, I, I there, there, there's honestly a bit of me that thinks that that's clever, you know, because, like, you're doing the sort of left-of-field characters around Superman. Superman's the main star, and these are kind of like the lesser lights, whereas Batman's not hogging the stage on his first movie, you know, and Wonder Woman, like, they'll all come. That's fine. If they just in the start of the movie mm. to set something up, you know, to, mm. like, have, like they fight in something, and all of a sudden Superman comes in and saves the day or some shit, great. Mm. And then they're never in the movie again. Fantastic. Mm. But if they're going to be like throughout the movie, then I'm like, no, this is supposed to be a Superman movie, bro. Like, sure, do a Superman movie. I hope the Legion's in it. If if, if it's like, I want the Legion just to do a pop in, you know. I think a, a Legion teenage Superman, Superboy, and putting the Legion in there would be really cool. Like, and I think you could do that as an Easter egg, and James Gunn could build off that, you know. I think that original Legion appearance in Super... In... Honestly, I disagree with you. I'd actually prefer them to do an actual Superboy in the Legion movie. 
Yeah, but they could. That's what I'm saying. Down no, the but I, said, I don't want to pop in. I don't in, in a Superman movie. I don't need the Legion. Okay. If you want to do a, a, a introduce the Legion, mm. that they could then show up in a, a future Superman movie without having to set you know without having to set them in a Superman movie. You literally create a movie called Superboy and the Legion. That'd be cool. Yeah, and then I that's how that. you introduce the Legion, and then maybe in a future Superman movie you could have the Legion pop up or need his help for a cool fucking you know end of the fucking universe battle end of time battle but what my point is i would introduce them that way not in an actual superman movie first yeah that's probably fair enough man i i used to love when superman and superboy would meet up and stuff sometimes <laughs> that was always fun because yeah, you could have like a young clock in you know kind of maybe been picked up in school and you can't do anything about it because you know he's fucking awesome and shit and mm. blah 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 and, and do it just like they're in the comics you know they come in and blah blah, blah and they take him to the future mm. that's it do that movie like, yeah. literally, don't worry, but just fucking do that movie, man. Like, Yeah, okay. You're starting to win me over, Rich. I'm starting to be drawn over to the dark side that you've got going on there, man. You know? I don't think that's the dark side. I think that's just the right side. Yeah, like, but I, I like what you're putting down, man. Like, yeah, you know what? Because I, cause I, I must admit, I get a bit carried away with my own, um, my own, like, wanting to get everyone in everything kind of thing, you know? Like... Well, to be fair, it's that, that's what comic books have trained you to want. Yeah, everyone's right. You want other, yeah, because you're so used to other characters just popping up and just fucking sticking their head and saying hi and fucking <laughs> off. Yeah. You kind of want that in the movie, but you know, you got to. I think we have to take a step back and say, listen, it's not the comics. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we, we need to tell a good story first, and if it makes sense to have a character show up, or if it serves the story, then yes. Yeah, but if it's just to like have a head pop and go, hey, oh, my name's this, and then fuck off. Like, yeah, no, I don't think that's necessary. Point. That's kind of pointless, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, Rich. Now, uh, turning to some other news, Ryan Gosling is rumoured to be in Fantastic Four playing Mr. Fantastic. What do you think about Ryan? Terrible. Not a fan? Uh, I, uh, a younger Ryan Gosling as uh, Johnny Storm, I think that'd be fantastic uh, casting. Ryan Gosling as Mr. Fantastic? <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Um, <laughs> he's just got that schmarmy face. Yeah, he's got that like young, arrogant, like I'm cool shit face. I just he's got a Johnny Storm. I look at him and I go, I see Johnny Storm. I don't see Mister Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, he's um, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't see. Yeah, when I think of Mister Fantastic, I don't think of Ryan Gosling. You know, it's just especially after the Barbie movie now with him like all buffed and with the yeah, blonde hair. I'm true. like, hell, man, these could literally be Johnny Storm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, a lot of people are excited for the Barbie movie too. That's getting a fair bit of heat, man. Actually, yeah, yeah, my girlfriend's going to go see it. Thankfully, without me. Yeah, I was going to. Gee, I would have. I would have paid money to to hear your review <laughs> of that movie. Like, what a shame that she's. My sister. She was like, it. "Hey, listen, uh, are you are you prepared to watch the Barbie movie?" And I was like, "Fuck." Yeah, I'll go watch it. Wow. Like, no, I know. She was like, oh, it's all right. I'll actually go with a friend. I just wanted to see what you would say. And I was just like, oh, thank God. You're a, you're a, you're a good boyfriend, though, to say yes to that. I mean, I'd say yes to that, but you're a lot less likely. I, I know you're rich, and you struggle with that. You know? No, but you've got to pick your battles. Like, yeah. um, you know what I mean? Like, if there's something I really, really like, I will kill myself if I have to watch it. Yeah. Then I'll say no. But I need to, I need to save that up by saying yes to some other shitty ones so that yeah. I can get that no. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Because if I keep saying no to everything, she's literally going to say, you just fucking say no to everything. I, I do think it would be a fun it. movie. I actually do think it would, would be a fun film. You know, this 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 Barbie thing, I, I think. No, 
I mean, it could be. I, I wish they'd just got a better actress to play Barbie, that's all. Oh, you don't like Margaret Robbie, do you? See, I, I love No, her. and I'm sorry, but, like, her face is not the... She doesn't have the Barbie face, I'm sorry. Like, I think you needed to go with an actress with a slightly longer face. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see how the movie goes. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it personally. I'm, I'm, you know, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fun. Um, but we'll I, can I be honest with you? I kind of, okay, I'll, I'll see the movie first. But mm. when I saw the trailer, I mm. thought to myself, I wonder why they didn't start the movie with Barbie and them being actual dolls, mm. right? And whatever, and then she, when you remember, she has to go to the real world. Mm. Then she becomes a real person, like to go to the real world. She then be, and then it's like, oh my god, like I'm a real person now. This is all fucking weird. Mm. But the fact that they, do you know what I mean? The fact that she's a real person in Barbie Land and a real. I was just like, okay, I, I first I got to see the story, but in my brain I'm like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see how the movie explains it. Well, I won't. <laughs> my girlfriend will tell me how it explains it, so it's fine. <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. Uh, I think it's going to have a tough bar to pass your 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 scrutiny, Rich. The Barbie film. I think it faces an uphill battle. I doubt, I doubt it will pass the bar. <laughs> now there's a I new Napo- the there's a new Napoleon trailer out. Um, yeah, I saw that with um, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Well, no, I haven't <laughs> seen the trailer. Describe what's going on, Rich. Is it set during Waterloo? Like, what's the what period of time we're talking? Um. Jesus, I don't actually remember because I think I saw it at the beginning of the mm. of the week. Um, it's just a lot of kind of like his, the ones I saw was just kind of like a lot of historical mm. shots and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I think I was more obsessed with just looking at him going, "I." It's weird that he's Napoleon. Mm. <laughs> like, like I'm sorry. In in my entire life, I've never looked at um, Joaquin Phoenix and been like. Man, he would be a fantastic, you know, sort of Napoleon kind of thing and all that. Like, you know, it's it's mainly just shots of like some battles and you know, it looks like another fucking French riot, you know, with the industrial crap and the guillotine and all that. Very French. Mm. Um, lots of battle, lots of um, you know, slow mo, horse riding and gunshots and stuff and all that. So, um, trailer wasn't. Uh, you know what? The trailer looked impressive. I'll say that. Yeah. It, it, the special effects and 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 the battles with the cannons and uh, and all that sort of shit that was pretty impressive. Mm. Um, I think you need to watch it for yourself. It's yeah, okay, I'll check know. it out. I'm 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 interested. I I'm I, I find Napoleon's story very interesting. Like, uh, it's 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 kind of an amazing story, really. I mean, the actual story. I would love to know why all of a sudden someone decided we need to do a Napoleon movie. I well, I feel like, you know, because I will answer that question. I don't feel we've explored Napoleon in the last 40 years, particularly. I think he's been... No, I'm not saying we have, but I'm oh. just saying I just I wonder why someone all of a sudden decided now. Because they're always looking for mythic figures from history, and he is one. And, you know, it's it's not ancient, but it's not... It, it, it's kind of like early modern history, and, you know, it, it's kind of like... I mean, he was mythologized even through the 80s, and it feels like from the 90s onwards, there's kind of been a bit of an amnesia about Napoleon, which is perfect to, to bring back up again because the facts are still there, and it's an amazing career. Like, it's, you know, it's it seriously is one of the most remarkable careers in military history, and, and so... You know. I must say, Joaquin Phoenix really, I mean, he's played a, a, an actual Roman... Yeah, he played... Um, 
um, uh, Commodities. Emperor, I think. He's played... Um, uh, Johnny Cash? Uh, Johnny Cash. He's now playing uh, Napoleon. He's played Joker. Like, he really yeah. likes to... He, he likes to be, like, yeah. uh, like known characters, it seems. Well, I think it's cool. I mean, I, I, he's a seriously good actor. Oh, okay. I remember now probably why he's in it is because it's, it's produced by Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott directs it. <laughs> yeah, just Ridley Scott directs it. It's a, is he directed? Yep, he is. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that explains why. I think Ridley likes uh, Joaquin. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I'm excited by it. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I do want to know what time period it is because I believe it covers like a battle. I believe it covers a very specific point in Napoleon's history, and I'm wondering if it's Waterloo. Well, it's showing a couple of different battles, okay. uh, or at least maybe two or three, so I'm not sure Na- which one is Napoleon the movie time period. Like, seriously, does no one ask these fucking questions to Ridley Scott? Like, you know, it's like, what time period are you basing your movie of Napoleon on Ridley? You know what I mean? Like, is it possible to get a fucking answer to a straight question? The, the movie comes out, like, there's just nothing. Um, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Nothing at all story-wise. Like, it's all been kept under wraps. Okay, here we go. It is based on the true story of Napoleon Bonaparte, primarily depicting the French leader's rise to power as well as his relationship with Empress Josephine. Okay, so it's not Waterloo, which is the end. Um, it's the rise to power. Okay, fine. Depicts it... Oh, God, here we go. Depicts his rise to power through the lens of his addictive and volatile relationship with Emperor, Emperor, Empress Josephine. Okay, all right. Vanessa Kirby, who the rumour was has been cast as Sue Storm, plays Josephine. Okay. What do you think about that, man? Cool. What do you think about that, dude? I don't really have an opinion either way. Wow. We're paying you big money, Rich. You don't have opinions now? You're just, you're opinionless. Um, on things that don't matter to me, yes. I, I don't <laughs> see the need of even forming an opinion. I form an opinion on just about everything. You know? Because I honestly, I'll form an opinion, then I'll forget about it. So that's fine. Why, why bother? <sighs> that doesn't ever worries me. I mean, you mentioned the fucking sound of freedom last week. I didn't even hear you. This week, I, I'm talking about like it's the greatest movie of all time. Um, <laughs> in, now, box office, Rich. This is obviously your area. But Indiana, you're calling Indiana Jones and the Flop of Destiny. I mean, that's just being cruel. I didn't um, do that. Have you seen it? God, no. <laughs> I'm seeing it next week with Michelle and her mum. And shout out to Marie. Hello to Marie if she's listening. Um, take us through the news here about this Indiana Jones and the so-called flop of Destiny, Rich. I assume you've written this down. No, I haven't actually written it. Oh. I assume that you wrote it down. Anyway, box of Indiana Jones and the flop of Destiny came in behind Insidious. Ah, oh, that's the movie that beat it. Okay. In its second weekend with only 27 million USA. Kathleen Kennedy fired... <laughs> Trending on Google for days. No official announcement on if it's true or not. Insidious, the Red Door may have stolen number one away from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny at the weekend box office, but Angel Studios, Indie Wonder, Sound of Freedom won Monday with an estimated $4 million. So it looks wow. like Sound of Freedom and probably uh, Insidious. You know what? I think this is this is proof that um, um, Hollywood needs to go back to just making regular movies. Um, sure. I think, I think the audience is really tired of these $300 million blockbusters. Um, uh, blockbusters. Because I think there is such a thing as blockbuster fatigue. Do you know what I mean? I agree. Like, I agree. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, just, it's, un, it's un, unsustainable to for, for Hollywood to be making, what, 10 movies a year that are like in the 300 to 400 million 
sort of range and expecting them all to make a billion dollars. Like it's mm. just, mm. you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. un, it's it's, un, it's it's not feasible. And yeah, so, it's, it's not feasible long term. Um, you start you you so, get so a, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, Santa Freedom and Red Door. You know, maybe they'll go. You know what? Maybe we don't have to spend three hundred fucking million. And also, why the fuck are we giving Indy another movie when we gave him his swan song? In the other movie that didn't do that well, Indiana Jones standards. Well, that that um, movie made a lot of money, skull. even though people didn't like it. No, but, but it so. was a good swan song. Is my point. It was a good, you know what I mean. He got married and and stuff and all that. That was that should have just been his right off into the sunset and said, you know what, he, you know, it, it's probably too old. We waited too long. Yeah. Too old, yeah. You know, it's done. And now you've waited even longer. Yeah, yeah. You've really let Harrison you know, get up and, there. But you've brought him back. But again, this is I don't. You know, okay. I think I messaged you the other day. Mm, did you? I realized. I realized <laughs> that Disney has now ruined three Lucas franchises. Mm. Like almost without even trying, it seems. Star Wars, mm. Indiana Jones, now, and obviously Willow. Right. <laughs> Not like Willow was a massive like yeah. property, but my no point one gives is, a shit about Willow, Rich. No, but my point is they failed at that. They didn't make it a better no. thing. It's not like they were like, hey, Willow's an untested property. And, you know, mm. yes, it, it's this kind of like um, cult sort of movie. Mm. And also now you brought it into the limelight and everyone fucking loves Willow. No, it fucking was a bomb that you actually removed it yeah. from the fucking streaming platform. You've now completely ruined Indiana Jones because all you did was bring him back, right, mm. to be old, decrepit, lonely, sad. And to be berated by um, his, what is it, his goddaughter? Or is it supposed to be his... Yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, I can't remember if... Is she supposed to be his goddaughter? I, I don't know, I haven't seen it yet, or... but yeah, she's, I think, anyway, know, niece or something. But, but you know what I mean? But you literally bring him back just so he can be out, you know, outshone by uh, by Phoebe Waller and to show him that his son has died. And it's like, what is Disney's fascination with taking these characters Yeah. and 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 making them sad and pathetic? They've now done it with... Han Solo, mm. Leia, Luke especially, and now Indiana Jones. What's their obsession with ruining these characters? I don't understand. Yeah, the good point, man. Um, yeah, I don't understand it either. Uh, look, I, I'm. Ex- oh, look. I mean, frankly, I'm looking forward to Indiana Jones. I'm seeing it next weekend, and and I'm probably going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Because I, I'm sure you know so f- I love Harrison Sorry, Ford. You know, you know. You know what's so funny? They could have actually reversed the. The, the making of the Indiana Jones movies, right? Mm. So I know that they went with Shia LaBeouf, right? As his son. Yes, Mark. And obviously yeah. they've had a big fall in our Shia's become this weirdo kind mm. of guy. But you could have recast him, okay? How funny would it be if you kind of were like, listen, let's the next Indiana Jones movie we make, right? Mm. We're going to basically start with The Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to have Mutt have to rescue Indy, just like Indy did with his dad. Yeah. And at the end of that movie will be the passing of the torch. Mm. And then the son will get his own two movies after that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You could have almost done it like, so the Indiana Jones movies built up to the Lost Crusade. And then after Crystal Skull, you could have sort of built downward. You know what I mean? Like started yeah. with the Lost Crusade and worked backwards into him having his own maybe franchise or something like, you know what I mean? Like you could have done it that way, which would have been far more respectful than what sounds of this movie is. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm going to come back next week um, with a review. I have heard mixed reviews. I, I, I've heard of, from people who've enjoyed it too. You know, I was – so it's not like everyone okay, hates I've not, it. I've not, heard, I've not heard any person – Oh, no, 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 no. Dude, check the reviews. It's, it's literally got mixed reviews. Like, it literally does. There are some people who've enjoyed it. And, 
you know, some who haven't, and certainly the box office hasn't loved it. Like the box office, it, you know, it, it, you know, honestly, relative to it, yeah, to its budget, yeah, there it's a are bomb. people out there that have no taste. I mean, we have to factor them in. Well, slow down, slow down, big guy, because I'm seeing it next week, and I'm going to be the final arbiter of this discussion. Um, and you haven't seen it yet, so how can you really, you know, pass comment on something you haven't seen? Um, you need to see it, Rich, before you can, you know, throw your weight around really fully. Uh, but, I'm not going to throw away. I'm just telling you what reviews I've seen. They've all said that he's a decrepit old man who's sad and lonely. Oh, it's definitely that's how it starts. It's definitely how it starts that he's that he's a broken down old man. Yeah, for sure. But that's just the start of the fucking film, dude. You know. All right. Like, we'll see. You let me know. You let me. Know I will let week. you know. Uh, but I will say this as a as a comment. You know, I, I'll just I'll say this. I just looked at one review. Right. Mm-hmm. I love this movie from start to finish. One of the best movies I've seen and a wonderful addition to the Anna Jones saga. That's a fake review. Sorry. Okay. What do you mean by that? I got five, five stars and they say it's one of the best movies they've ever fucking seen and a wonderful addition to Indiana Jones. I can't believe that. that, I, that <laughs> if you've seen the other Indiana Jones movies, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't, mm. I can't believe that's a real review. Well, I tell you what I'm looking at, and this is fucking hilarious. Like, I'm looking at Indiana Jones. What's it called? Indiana Jones Doll Destiny. So on, get this. On, I'm I'm looking at on Metacritic. Indiana Jones Temple of Doom has a 57 on Metacritic. How does it only have 57? And fucking Crystal Skull has a 65. Like t- probably Crystal Skull. Honestly, even though it's a shit movie, is probably the better movie. I love Temple of Doom. Are you kidding? Dial of Destiny, okay. Dial of Destiny on Metacritic has a 58 and it's mixed reviews. Oh, no. Oh, Temple of Doom is fantastic. But Temple of Doom, uh, the, there are some issues with it. I think it's because they went so dark okay. for the second movie. Which, well, I loved it. Yeah. You know, but in hindsight now, yes, I think people have now love it. But I think then when it came out, I think a lot of people were put off by the I dark, loved uh, it. I absolutely loved it. Oh, no, I did too, but... Yeah. Well, look, I didn't watch the, this time. movie, Dial of Destiny, literally has a 58 is in yellow, and it's mixed reviews. That's literally what it means. It's not green and it's not red. It's sitting on 58, which is, you know, um, about what I would expect from what I've heard. I've heard mixed reviews. I, I will see it next week. I'll probably like it more than you, I think. I, I, I've got a feeling that I'm, I'm going to enjoy it more. But we'll, we'll see what happens, Ben. I mean, I, I, I might not... Um, might not love it. I mean, I didn't love Crystal Skull. I mean, I enjoyed bits of it, like, for sure, but I didn't, like, love it, you know? Um, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really like Crystal Skull at all. Yeah, I didn't love it or anything. Like, I mean, I, I enjoyed bits of it, but I but overall, I didn't love it. Uh, but I will say this, wrapping up on the whole Disney thing, what they did to Han Solo in those fucking, or in that, in the sequel trilogy, I thought was appalling. Like, mm-hmm. and, like, not just the death. Because that it pissed me off, but I get it. That was Harrison. I'm out. Give me that big payday. I'm going to come back. I'm going to say whatever lines you want me to say, and you kill me off, and I'm done. You know? But what annoyed me was the progression between Return of the Jedi and, and um, what was it called, Rich? Force Awakens. And how he'd kind of lost the Falcon, and he was, you know, he was, it was just low stakes and i was like honestly that's the best you could do with the story like i haven't read all these books that you've read but i know he became a general and did all sorts of stuff you know like you know i knew he did cool stuff after return of the jedi in the extended universe i don't know the extent of it 
but I assume well, well, cool. he got promoted in the in the Return of the Jedi already. So I mean, yeah, but but like he, the hits continued, didn't they? Didn't he continue doing cool stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like he, that even happened in the forget about it, people go. Oh, that's like you know extend. No, no, he he became like he got promoted and okay and in charge of shit in the original movie. So okay, like, well, but but anyway, but then they just so kind of downgraded him. It felt like like mm-hmm. I just felt like. There was almost no progression. If anything, he regressed, and I was like, "Oh, heavily, yes." Yeah, I just, I just thought to myself, "What a, what a crap choice!" You know, like, out of, out of everything, with all that time span, you put so little thought into it. It felt like to me, it just felt like there was no thought. Like there was almost no story, and I was like, "Man, that sucks." And I got to be honest, I remember buying a. Um, it's right when Force Awakens came out. I bought a Black Series Han Solo, like, in the Force Awakens, you know, outfit. I'm ditching that fucking shit because I'm like, fuck that. You know, I'm, I I just sort of thought of the other day, it's in a box downstairs. I thought I'm not putting that on the shelf because I don't, I don't want to fucking recognise that shit, you know? Um, I, so that's my comment on that. So I agree with you. Like, they, they really love fucking around with the characters. Uh, Activision and Microsoft merger has been given the go-ahead by a San Francisco judge. I'm yawning, sorry. Um, despite objections of the Biden administration, the sleepy judge is trying to get involved, and the FTC, um, the FTC is filing an appeal, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, that's so, already been squashed, by the way. Okay, good. Um, they lost that appeal. So remind me, Rich, uh, what does this really mean? Is Activision own... Am I right? <laughs> You're going to laugh at me. <laughs> and my apologies to the internet. Do they own like Blizzard? Is that them, or is I thinking of someone yeah. else? Well, their their the full name now is uh, Activision Blizzard. I'm actually quite proud of myself for actually remembering that. So thank you. I'm actually I, I'm sure I've covered it on the show before, but I was like super not confident when I was about to say. It. <laughs> and the other thing is they own Call of Duty, right? Correct. Is that, is that right? Yes. There you go. That's proof that I do have some memory when it comes to news because I know I've reported on this news. Okay, so. That means quite likely, I assume, Rich, that um, all this stuff will become Microsoft exclusive in the end. Is that right? Uh, future games, yes, uh, at uh, IPs, but not um, Call of Duty is staying. In fact, Call of Duty is going to be going onto more platforms. Okay. Uh, because of the cloud streaming, so you'll even get it on Nintendo, the Switch now, because That's cool. obviously with cloud streaming, um, and you can get it on your phone, you can get it on other devices and stuff and all that. Uh, and I think the Blizzard stuff is going to remain multi, you know, like PC cool. and yeah. Xbox and all that, which is fantastic. Thank God I didn't buy Diablo 4 yet because I bought I'm going to get a part of Game Pass. Yeah, okay. but I'm going to get a part of Game Pass. I don't care. Cool. Um, uh, so, but I think any new IPs or future games mm. that uh, I, I, let's put it this way. If they were to make another Spyro game, you remember Spyro, the little purple dragon? Yes. Which they, Activision owned that. They've never made another game since... Skylanders or whatever the fuck it was called. Anyway, mm. that was years ago. If they were to make another Spyro game, yes, I, w- I would imagine they would make that exclusive. Okay. But I think, you know, Call of Duty, staying where it is, the Blizzard stuff, Overwatch, uh, Diablo, that's all going to stay. Um, Overwatch is one of your favorites, isn't it? Stuff will be exclusive. O- uh, Overwatch is one of your favorites, isn't it? I remember you used to read... Oh, it was. No, 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 no. Back in the day, I, I don't care about that anymore. Wow, you're past that, man. That's ancient history. Yep, yep. Just like Nathan Fillion, it's been discarded. 
that's it, you know. I remember, yeah. man, you were his biggest fucking fan for years. Like, you wouldn't shut up about Nathan Fillion. And now it's just like Nathan who, you know? <laughs> yeah, he lost me at the rookie, if I'm being honest. Yeah, well, I've had to watch a lot of it. Um, I just feel like, I feel like his charm is so wasted on the rookie. Mm. I mean, it's... You know, it, like, he's yeah. great when he, when he plays, like, Castle or... Mm. Um, um, oh, fuck, I can't remember. Mel from... Um, Firefly. Uh, Firefly and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? When he plays those, like, that's his, that's him. Like, yeah. what a what a great use of his charm and his, um, his droll, so mm. to speak, and all that, right? But when, like, I don't know, the rookie just seems so fucking boring to me, man. Like, for, for someone like Nathan Fillion. It's more serious than you would expect. Mm. Um, yeah, look, it's okay. I mean, I, I've watched a lot of episodes because Michelle loves it, and she watches Rookie Feds as well. It's okay. I mean, but he, he certainly plays it a bit straighter than normal. You know, I mean, there's a little bit of that, you know, so-called comedy touch, but it's less than you would expect. Um, now, we have some breaking news. Uh, mm. Is Marvel replacing Frank Castle as Punisher um, after they fucked him recently, if you recall, and they sent him to Fantasyland, Rich, or if you recall that? Oh, yeah, apparently they are. Or they... they, they... They're hinting at it. Uh, C.B. Sabolsky, Akira Yoshida himself, will host a San Diego Comic-Con panel with Marvel's upcoming projects. They released a promo photo of the Punisher with his face blacked out and a question mark. Now, I'm saying this right now to listeners. If you go to San Diego, lob a fucking, you know, bombshell question at C.B. Let this fat fuck know what we really think of him and, and his bullshit approach to Punisher. If C.B. whimpers back that Frank Castle is going to be the Punisher... And he's coming back. Good. Say good, and then sit down. That's it. Can I? Um, can I just say, um, the, the, you know that picture that 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 you've got in the notes? Um, mm. That skull emblem looks horrendous. Mm. Well, that doesn't even look like a skull emblem, honestly. Um, well, I didn't draw it's it. Just, no, no, but I'm saying it's it's horrendous because if you didn't know that was the Punisher, I don't think you would assume automatically. I'm looking at it. Is it a skull? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you you know it's a skull because you know it's Punisher, yes, but it's if you didn't know who the Punisher was, yeah, and someone showed you, I don't think anyone would assume that that's a skull. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, and I don't like the fact he's got like what looks like laser guns as well. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, well, let's be honest. It's probably not Frank Castle. Let's let's come on. Let's be honest. Oh, fuck. Um, so anyway, but someone made a good point on Facebook that um, Chuck and uh, Larry Hummer and others did suicide run. Back in the nineties, where they had the replacement Punishers, you know, vying for thing, it was fucking great. Um, like you had what was the name, Lynn Michaels, and, and all those other people. You know, it was a great storyline. Um, yeah, but that was handled by people with more talent. So yeah, it was it was handled by geniuses, and it was a great story. And I don't know what I'm trying to say is, um, uh, why are we replacing Frank Castle again? I forget why. Like if we just get like. I get it. Punisher was too hot to touch because, uh, you know, apparently they can't handle a vigilante. Uh, apparently, despite the fact there's thousands of vigilantes in comic books. But anyway, but but then um, if they're just going to replace him with another Punisher, like, what's the, what's the fucking difference to Marvel? Like, you know, another Punisher that kills bad guys, Rich? Like, are you not sensing there's a pattern that he's also a vigilante? Is this Punisher going to be a social worker? <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe those those new guns they they stun. They don't kill. They stun. Just just what? Just what? But like, maybe they you know they nerf guns. Maybe you know. What do I mean? they not understand what 
their audience of Punisher fans want. Like, the Punisher fans... You're assuming that they still want that audience, though. Yeah, but, like, there's not going to be another fake audience created of people who want a different Punisher. Like, if people hate the Punisher, and I understand, if you're a consumer and you're buying your comics and you hate Punisher, just like I hate fucking Ant-Man, you know... And I don't buy Ant-Man, dude. And you can do whatever the fuck you want to Ant-Man. I'm not going to go start picking up Ant-Man comics. That's what I'm saying. If you've embedded in you that you hate the Punisher, bringing back a new Punisher with laser guns and maybe a bit of a softer attitude is not going to make me want to go and buy Punisher. Okay? You know what I mean? Like, your Punisher fan base, you you are losing... You, you have lost a lot of it because of your you know, X many years of sort of bungling the franchise from one disaster to the next and, and capping it with some appalling stuff from Jason Aaron. And it, it, it's almost like you, you're just trying desperately to get rid of the audience, but there's not another audience that's going to come in and buy Punisher. They might buy another book, but not Punisher. Like, so you're clearing the audience of, you know, audience seats of the people who who would support Punisher. And you're not replacing them with anyone. So I don't understand the whole thing. Um, so Michael Kellersham predicts, Punisher will now be a black guy who takes the streets to kill white supremacists who are analogues for what Punisher, Marvel thinks of Punisher fans. It will flop and Marvel gets the satisfaction of calling Punisher fans racist. Uh, remember that skull is profit, more licensed decals on shirts with the streets of the Batman logo. They need to keep it in play regardless of who is wearing it. Um, now, look, I don't know if there's more than Batman, but it's certainly fucking popular, uh, that skull. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly think sometimes they don't know what they're doing. I, I actually think we give them too much credit. Um, I don't actually think that. Look, certainly fucking C.B. Sabolsky is a clown, and we know Brevoort's a spineless liar, you know? Um, and he's a coward. Uh, and, you know, if they're the people we're trusting... To steer Punisher in the right direction, it's going to head straight for the fucking rocks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to head straight for the rocks. If if Brevon and CB Sabowski are piloting this ship, it's going under, folks. It's going under like that fucking submarine that blew up. You know, and it's a fucking it's Clown Town, man. I don't know what to say, but maybe. But even if it does or doesn't, I'm sure they'll claim it's a massive success and you're super popular, and they'll just keep relaunching it. Let's get relaunching it. I mean, let's face it, they took. They put Frank I mean, they've done that for Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, Marvel, any other fucking shitty character that uh, they claim is super is super loved. Oh, by the way, I have some Miss Marvel news, and Richard, I believe you prophesized it. Miss Marvel, Rich, is coming back <gasps> days I'm after shocked. she was killed, and I can further reveal she's coming back as a mutant, which you, I believe, predicted. And she's being written by the actress who's playing Ms. Marvel in the movies, Rich, a TV show. And apparently that girl is writing Ms. Marvel and she's coming back as a mutant, which is exactly uh, what you predicted. I reckon that's a, I reckon that's a stunt. I'm sure it's that's a stunt. Like, that's like saying Keanu wrote... Um, <laughs> Berserker. Berserker. <laughs> oh, dude, he had some input. He had some input, pal. Yeah, I'm sure she'll have some input, like 10%, <laughs> but she's not sitting there fucking writing it. Come on. No, but she's lending her name to it. I think that's clever. Oh, yeah, no, that's marketing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's it's just like saying Keanu's writing a comic. It's like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, writing a comic. 
<laughs> but his name's Natasha, and his name's going to get. I don't think her name's going to have the same fucking level of success. No, I don't even know her name. The book is Keanu fucking Reeves, but 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 Richie must feel pretty gratified that you predicted um, the whole mutant thing. Uh, it was a pretty pretty easy prediction if you if you were looking right. And she she came straight back, Rich, and you know now we can all we can all you know. We can all just relax and. Oh yeah, I doubt it. Like usually, when they kill a character, they probably keep them off the sh- off for a year minimum. <laughs> that I think her was like one month. I would even say less, dude. I think it was like a week. I, I, she was in store promoting the death of issue at the same time as she was promoting this shit that she's doing now. So it was like one and the same. They were kind of getting two for the price of one. She was promoting the death while also announcing the relaunch. So it was like, okay, all right. And they only had to pay her for one, probably. Yeah, pay for one appearance. (laughs) Look, I didn't hate the show. I watched the show. I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. I mean, you know, if your bar's very low and you're just kind of like chilling out and, you know, you enjoy your Marvel and you just want to see some wacky doodle story, it wasn't that bad. Like, honestly, I've seen far worse, put it that way. I could imagine a younger person enjoying it. It was kind of a younger person's show. You know what I mean? It yeah, was, yeah, sure. Yeah, it was It was pretty cool. Um, now, uh, this was interesting. Mission Impossible 7 director originally wanted to digitally de-age Tom Cruise, and I read this. He wanted to do, like, a 1989 setup at the beginning, like, set in 89 with Tom Cruise, setting up a, a story thread that was then going to be exploited in the, in the movie. And the reason he didn't was, he said, because every time he looked at it, because they, I think, must have filmed it, he just kept looking at Tom Cruise thinking it either looked really like him or it didn't. Like, and he couldn't, he couldn't, um, he sort of couldn't follow the thread of the scene, like, as a story, because he was too sort of invested in, in the whole, is it, is it, how realistic does it look kind of thing. And knowing Tom Cruise... You know now so well, he just couldn't sort of disassociate, and he and he felt that it sort of like confused the story, which is why they didn't use it. Um, it's I believe the Indiana Jones starts with a uh, indie de-aged. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? You don't need it for Tom Cruise, honestly. No. Slap a bit of makeup on him, and he probably fucking looks twenty years younger. <laughs> you know. Slap some makeup, get the right lighting. I'm sure he'll look 20 years younger without even fucking using any technology. Yeah, I know, I know. But but they can't do it, man. They, they they're gonna do. I, I actually think, look, Tom Cruise does look older, but I mean, my God, the guy's 60. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, he looks very good for his age, that's for sure. I mean, I'm I'm sure they use a fair bit of touch-ups anyway in the movies. You know, like yeah, you know, so. It's not like you're seeing, a, you know, Tom Cruise as he actually looks in every scene. They're, they're touching him up in the film, of course. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I could, I could, if Indy can do it, you know, and it's Harrison Ford and stuff, um, you know, I'm sure they could do it for Tom Cruise. Like, why not? Like, you know, like, you know, I kind of think this... No, could... but the, the problem is the de-aging, it works if you've only got like a scene or two, you know? Yeah. It's why... You know, they did a de-age Tom, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. But That's cool. It's 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 fine if it's just like for a scene in a movie, but you can't do the whole movie because oh no, it's the every if 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 you're gonna ask the computer to do every single angle because oh, yeah, yeah. if you know the scene that you're gonna do, 
You're going to try and keep the camera set. You're going to try and get the actor not to move too much. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so that the computer can do it properly. You cannot do a movie where you're going to de-age the actor for the whole oh, movie. No. Definitely not. Because it's going to pop in and out. Like, as you said, sometimes it looks like him. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it, there's just too much uh, variable. So you couldn't do it for a whole movie. And therefore, if you couldn't do it for the whole movie, it's pointless doing it. So, But, but, but dude, it was only for a first scene. So, yeah, but I've seen the scene. It's not needed. Like, oh, have you? Oh, it's okay. such a brief scene that it okay. really isn't needed. So what do they do? It's just it's a flashback scene. That's all. I understand, Rich, but what I, I'm saying I don't is... want to say anything. No. no, they just don't do anything. They just kind of light it, and it's just a very quick kind of thing and all that. So oh, so they they do a flashback scene with Tom Cruise, but you kind of don't see his face that much and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not like super focused on it, and, and it's it's very short. They're probably shorter than the scene. I'm surprised, as well. but see, I'm like, I, I totally agree. You can't do it for a whole film, but surely with the technology, they could have done it for a scene. I, I don't again. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of time, money. If you don't have to, is my point. Like, but he he did it. Why not save he, the money? He did it though. He did it, and was was watching it again and again and again, and he just couldn't get past it. So he 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 actually yeah, did it. Well, they, yeah, but well, I guess not everyone has. Uh, not every studio has Disney money, huh? I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, interesting news here: PlayStation and Apple are offering a free trial subscription for Apple TV for PS Five and PS Four owners until thirty first of July. PlayStation Five owners can get a free six month subscription, and PS Four owners a three month subscription. Um, this is great for Australians who want to watch the new Napoleon movie on November 11, but don't want to pay to see it. And they can always download it as well. Like I don't need. Although to... I'll be honest with you, I did get a free three month subscription through Xbox a while back, and God, there was really nothing. Oh uh, yeah, I can't think of anything I want to see on Apple at all. I mean, I, I've I've got a phone, new phone, and I could have subscribed and done all this shit, but I'm like, there's nothing that I want to see on Apple that that badly that I need to subscribe to Apple TV. I mean, if there's something, tell me, because I, I can't think of anything. I mean, my sister, sister's husband, loves Foundation, which I believe is on Foundation, is, is on Apple TV, but I must admit, I, I read one Foundation novel as a teenager, and I was so bored. Um, it just wasn't for me. You know, you, you know like, I could... <laughs> You know, it just wasn't for me. It's a good deal. You can sign up for it. Yeah. Watch the one or two shows that you can find that you might want to watch and then just, you cut, know, it. Uh, just cut it. Cancel that so that you don't get charged because at least it's free. But yeah. you will not need an active like subscription for Apple, like seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. This was kind of a funny man. Cr- critical Role, um, who's the. Uh, like D and D role playing podcast that also is behind a Vox Machina and, and other stuff. Am I right, Rich? They do the sort of I, I don't wa- I don't watch their podcast or video or whatever the fuck it yeah, is. Yeah, like, that shit that you tell me I should watch on Amazon. No, that, that show is good. The Vox Machina, you should watch it, man. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. But anyway, apparently they removed over a hundred YouTube videos because of a known bad actor, and I thought that meant just a bad actor. And I was like, okay, just because the guy's acting poorly, but you mean like a rogue? He's gone. He's gone off the reservation. And I read this. He's the ex-wife of the 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 chick that voices um, right Ash in the, the ex-husband. Last of Us. 
Oh, okay. uh, and apparently some leaked court record leaked. I wonder who leaked it. Uh, court <laughs> records uh, say that he was like doing drugs and abusive and yeah, yeah. Apparently he verbally abusive. I believe. I don't. I don't remember. I don't. Remember well, he turned the, up. He turned up demanding one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Apparently, he himself has mentioned many times he's got some sort of drug addiction. Yeah. Um, and he he had left in like twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one. He left critical role amicably supposedly at the time but of course now it's all coming out man um and yeah he's just a rogue unit man he's just gone off the reservation but they said that he wasn't on the show that much but he was like a presenter kind of thing and all that. i feel like they were just going to cut those fucking scenes out i mean yeah like you know, okay fine shit. drop the if he is such a bad person drop the ones where he's probably participated in the game are you but aware this is the second one? Are you aware of this? This is the second guy. There's originally a guy on Critical Role, originally when it started, who was apparently like full on abusive like to fans and stuff, as was this guy. And apparently this guy was a real prick and he got he got removed after one season. Apparently like I don't really know what Critical Role does, but apparently he was he was a bit of a dick. Um, which hey, by the way, you play a lot of D and D, you're gonna come across these guys, you know? Uh, mm. Remember last week was it um, Chris Pine telling us it was all just one big lovely happy family, no one argues. Um, go 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 play some D and D. You know. <laughs> oh, I meant to tell you that you we're talking about D and D. I've actually seen a couple of videos recently mm. of a lot of D and D like DMs, people that run games and all that, mm. basically saying that they are dropping D and D and moving to Pathfinder. Yeah. Uh, because Pathfinder, and again, it's got nothing to do with any controversy, like recent controversy. They've literally just said that it's better. Oh yeah, well, Pathfinder like has a good the, reputation. Yeah, but no, but like just the the systems, the uh, the rules and all that. They basically just said like it's literally just better. And I'm like, wow, that is sad. We had a funny thing, Rich, uh, in regards to Michael Kellishim did a memory lane. Expedition. He 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 excavated, excavated down the territories, man. He listened to a vintage episode of Signal One Forty Four from twenty nineteen, and here's some highlights. Rich, Dave, me declares the Ezra Miller Flash movie seems like it's in a long gestation, and announces it will be released soon in twenty twenty one. I announced that. Uh, Dave shocks the world by revealing he's a Batman fan. Rich, if you can believe that, that is shocking. Yeah, and Connor has an epic smackdown of Kathleen Kennedy calling her. <laughs> A lying bitch, a lying piece of shit, and a fucking corporate muppet at the hour 13 mark. Um, that's one for the Greatest Hits episode, Rich, um, according to Michael. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was. I actually do recall him going crazy about, about Kathleen Kennedy. And you know what? I, I don't have the same passion, but, yeah, I do have contempt for her, so that's for sure. Um, yeah. And also Disney are rebooting Gargoyles, Rich, which I think you're a fan of, and the John Carter, which I definitely believe should should be rebooted uh, either as oh, a TV yeah. show or that, that's definitely a property that should try and put more um, more money and and effort behind because mm. you know they they got to diversify can't all be Marvel and Star Wars definitely no I hundred percent agree. station 
Weekly Comics, Rich. Um, first, oh, yeah. first one up was Flash Annual 13 from the year 2000 by Chuck Dixon and Al Catenia, an Argentinian artist uh, who also did the Pirate Batman. This is Chuck's only Flash issue and was never reprinted in the trades. Michael Kellishim um, was the one who recommended this. Um, it's set in Argentina where Chuck collaborated with many artists from there. Um, I asked him about it. He said it was flung to him at the last minute. 
um, and that his artist created the Argentinian uh, superheroes. Really enjoyable Flash story. Uh, really kind of like fun. You know, it's a race. Crazy shit's going on. Those crazy little hairballs that are running around. And then a really neat little backup between two of the Argentinian superheroes. I mean, I, I very much enjoyed this one, Rich. What did you think? Oh, no, it's, a, it's, it's again, Chuck, super solid, mm. great story, um, entertaining, even the short little backup story is entertaining. I love that uh, story. Again, Jake Garrick uh, having a little bit of a cameo there, Wally showing how smart he is, uh, that he's not just, you know, the goofy uh, kid. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, he's getting smart, he's learning. Um, fantastic, solid, you know, 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm giving it an 8.5, you're giving it an 8, very enjoyable. Then we had uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, Doomsday. And this was essentially connective tissue between the 80s X-Men and the Days of Future Past storyline, which we, um, you know, really enjoyed back in the day, one of the classics. Uh, Mark Guggenheim, solid. But to me, this was not my head canon. This was an alternate path through the woods. Some interesting moments, such as when Kingpin and Trask are talking about how the Sentinels will probably take over. Um, like, interesting, but parts of it I thought were really lame, like when Cyclops lost his eyes. What do you think, Rich? There's a lot of lame stuff in there. Um, mm. It's a, We were having this discussion of, like, you know, it's, it would be fun to sort of continue the Days of Future Past sort of world or even the Age of Apocalypse world, you know, as oh, non-canon yeah stuff and all that but um i don't re- yeah i don't need an origin of days of future past you know what i mean i don't mm. need I don't, I don't need to sit there and, and know how it all unfolded bit by bit to get to the point of mm. just just get me there man it's more fun to be in that uh part than the build up to it you know what i mean like it's just yeah i don't know like uh, i i think we're having a laugh because i said i didn't i didn't um I didn't enjoy this, but I didn't want to throw it in the bin either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, well. I, which I think was the review that uh, that I ended up giving it. So, mm. um, I just feel it's unnecessary. I feel it's them trying to cash in on a on a on it's a, a better rate. idea from the past because they're just all of out of, out of ideas at the moment. And um, they don't give it to Chris Claremont either. You know, who is someone I would at least trust to at least you get his vision. You know, it's Mark Guggenheim does a decent job he does I, to me it's a 7 out of 10 job but you know is it as good as it could be Rich not really you know no for me it's, it's definitely a 6 It's there's too many like head scratching stuff in it and um, it's just I don't care I, I guess that's the biggest um, uh, crime here is that it didn't make me care yeah yeah I don't know I just there's something missing you know there's an, there's an X factor that's missing, Rich. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I No, but in all seriousness, I really do believe that they're trying to milk it. You know, they're, they're trying their hardest to milk it and squeeze it dry, but they just haven't quite got the right flavour, you know, and it's a little bit... They go for shock value at the start where they kill the two kids, and I was like, okay, cool, this is going to be pretty brutal. But then it seems to sort of backpedal, you know? And, um... Yeah. yeah. And, but, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, uh... Yeah, it has like it starts off with like a bit of like you know the, um, Banshee is killed, yeah, Angel's killed, Cyclops is killed, um, sort of stuff and all that, and then yeah, uh, uh, Peter and and Kitty's kids are killed and all this sort of stuff. So you're like, okay, wow, we're really in the, and then obviously then it's like, nope, now let's go back and 
fill in the the blanks of how we got to be here, and then you're like, oh, okay. And and can I say I don't buy that? No, you lost me. I don't buy that either. I don't buy that like uh, Jean Grey blew up nukes that started the war and killed everybody. Like when I read Days of Future Past, that wasn't the story. You know what I mean? That this is the modern fucking bullshit retell. Mm. You know and. Uh- yeah. I, but also, I'll be, I'll be saying this as well. I do. F- this feels like very preachy. Like it's very a oh. one-sided argument where the humans have done everything wrong and the mutants are like almost blameless. Where she's like, "Yeah, okay, fine. A senator got killed, like assassinated. <laughs> but come on, the hate was already there." And you're like, "Dude, take some responsibility for some of the <laughs> like the, the shitty people that have have helped us come along Mag- as well." Magneto, Magneto, Apocalypse, you know? those kind of people. Yeah, yeah, Magneto going and taking all the nukes. You know what I mean? Literally confiscating all the nukes of the world so he can rain it down upon them. I'm like, maybe, you know, both sides are responsible for the, I've, I've you know, got a question. where you got to. I've got a question. Um, I always thought this was really cool. If I'm wrong or right, tell me. In X-Men, the the apocalypse future is from a different future than the days of future past, isn't it? it like, it, aren't they all alternate futures? Is that right? Well, that's the beauty of the X-Men. If they've got so many alternate futures... Yeah, that, that's what that, I thought. That yeah. they could that that uh, they heading towards. That's the fun of like the X Men yeah, is that cool. they've got so many shitty futures, but which one are they heading towards? Yeah, well, exactly. The... Which which crappy future are you going to wind up with? Um, my other thing was like I didn't like how the X Men were kind of lame. Like Jean's thing doesn't work. She can't save everyone. Kitty can't phase properly to save um what's his name um Cyclops. The kids or save his eyes. Yeah. The, the kids can't do it right either. Like no one's fucking on their A game. Everyone's fucking putting in their Z game at the big moments. You know. Mm. I didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. I didn't like that, man. I didn't like that one bit. <laughs> well, that's the problem. I guess you, you're trying to tell an origin story, but you're also rushing through it. It feels like. Yeah. So, yeah. Rush. Know. It's rush, rush, rush. We'll see. Um, what did you give it, Rich? I gave it a seven. Six out of ten. Yeah, six, six out of ten. Out of 10. Uh, and then we had Richard Trade of the Week, uh, Resurrection Man. Now, I'm going to boil this down to a very brief synopsis. It's a story of a guy who's got amnesia who, when he dies, wakes up with a different superpower each time. Pretty simple. Would you agree? Uh, yes, but he usually comes back with a superpower to battle what killed him. Oh, that's true. He does, yes. So it's not, it's not a random power necessarily. It's more like... Oh, you got killed from bullets? Okay, well, now you can turn to smoke or <laughs> yeah, or something like that. You know what I mean? And often comes back very soon after. It's not like... Because when I, I thought it was going to be like a day later, he would appear, but it's it's often like minutes after. Yeah. Know? Yeah, which is interesting in itself, I think, you know. Um, yeah, I, um, I thought Dan Abnett and Andy Lenning uh, I love Dan Abbott's stuff. Um, he's a British. He comes from 2000 AD lineage. Mm-hmm. Done plenty of Legion. We've covered some of his Legion and Legion Outpost. I find he's a very... I, I'd say he's better than solid. I think he's a, he's a, he's a very, very good performer most of the time. Um, he's even done some Punisher back in the day. Uh, now, I, I would label him as entertaining. Oh, he's entertaining. Yeah, he is. And I would say reliable as well. Now, uh, I thought... Firstly, I got confused and almost did the 90s one by the same creative team with the same name. You can see how a Davy mate almost made that mistake, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, got, I got led into the woods and all of a sudden, this little voice in my head went, I don't think this is the one Rich said. And, and I thought I remembered you saying New 52. 
And then I checked, and, the, and there was another one, New 52, with the logo, and I was like, oh, saved. There you go. Um, <laughs> a really entertaining little book that it's almost a little book that could. Like, I think this, it's great that they did this in the 90s for a couple of years. They got about 27 issues, and then they got a chance, you know, a good 10-plus years later, New 52, they're looking for titles. Um, they get thrown this one. They have another good little run. Um, I felt it was really strong to start out with. I felt the weakest issue, which wasn't that weak, was the Arkham stuff. I don't think we needed to dive so deeply into the Batman rogues gallery and all that. I just felt it was better with the transhuman, with those two girls, Double Trouble, all that stuff, with the mystery element, the, the scenes with Deathstroke. I thought were great, that issue. It was probably one of my favourite issues. Did we ever get a resolution, Rich? Do we know what his past really was? Because he was a real prick in the past, it seemed like. Yeah, so he's some sort of, like, scientist um, who's doing, like, unethical, Mm. like, sort of experiments Mm -hmm. on soldiers and all that sort of shit. Um, Now, obviously, he's doing it for the, um, probably for the government or something like that, Mm. but... Uh, you know, he's he's very questionable. He seems to be quite the arsehole in what they're filling in. Seems like, yeah. As the story goes. Uh, but yes, he, he doesn't have like full amnesia, right? So he does know who he is. Mm. He knows a bit of his past, but he, he seems to can't remember how he was, if that makes sense. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So he remembers, I'm Mitch and whatever, uh, I have a dad and all that, but he can't remember the sort of person he was and yeah. what he did. Yeah, um, it's yeah. He has partial, or well, it's almost amnesia, like, but it's not full. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. So now he's just trying to he's trying to find out who he is, what he was, but also when he dies and he's resurrected, he is pulled somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean? So something is pulling him to telling him he's got to go somewhere. You know, like he gets his feeling like I got to go to Oregon, or I got to go. You know what I mean? Or I got to mm. go to New York or something like that. And then usually it ends up to, you know, maybe something that it reveals about his past or something that has ties to him or something like that. So it's a very interesting, what a shame, like, it just didn't, you know. And this is the problem with the New 52 is that I think they've had so many cool BC character ideas and, and books and stories that just didn't, um, I th- that just, for some reason, they just didn't do well. But mm. they were so good, though. They weren't mm. bad. That's the shitty thing, you know what I mean? It's one of those, like, it's so good, but just people didn't... Um, they just didn't latch onto it. Or well, I think it's hard. Uh, like, I remember when it happened, New 52, there was so much hype, and everyone bought, like, the first couple of months, you know? Mm. And it, maybe even more than that, the first year. Um, and then sort of, like, people suddenly remembered that what they really wanted was Batman and Superman. And, you know, it was just like, I don't know, there was just, like, this moment where it felt like, we were really exploring the DC universe. Like there was that really cool um, all-star Western, the Jonah Hex. And I don't know, there was some cool stuff, you know, like where you, where you met the Arkham Asylum back in the day and all that kind of stuff. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, it, there were some really interesting ideas and, and I always, and then it sort of seemed like, I think Dan um, Tadeo said they didn't have a plan for the second year. And, you know, everything just sort of like it felt like everything just reverted back to the basic sort of franchises, and that was it, and it was sort of over. And th- look, this is 
no fault of this book. I think it's just hard to find that audience. You know, it's just not an mm. easy audience to sustain. Um, it's not the fault of this book. This is an entertaining volume. I would pick this up and give this to a nephew or niece who is interested in comics. I'd say, check this one out. You know, you'll enjoy this. You know, I just think yeah, it's a, I like it's good this read. because this is some, if someone's going like, oh yeah, I, I you know I want to get into comics, but I don't necessarily like the superhero comics, you know, the undies yeah. and all that sort of shit. I'd be like, well, here you go, read Resurrection Man. That's in the world, exactly. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, this is a quote unquote superhero <laughs> comic, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dan Abnett is just so good at um, he's so reliable. At these man. kind of stories, you know what I mean? I think he's just so perfect for making you interested in these sort of lower tier characters do you know what i mean i think he's just really good as i said we read his guardians recently and so i've I don't read know, plenty I, of I legion over the stuff, years man. he just plenty of legion over the years yeah uh punisher um warhammer uh, he's written novels as well lots of good warhammer novels he's a really good yeah, writer yeah, yeah. yeah. 2000 ad judge red i mean jesus christ the guy's done a lot of work and uh, what you generally find is very consistent. This, I think, was um, something that I've wanted to read for a while. Um, I've had in my DC Infinite. I read this on DC Infinite. I've had this in my queue for a while, both the old series and the new, um, 52 one, and I'm giving it a 9 out of 10, Rich, frankly. Yeah, I could not... Do, I, I wouldn't argue with that score. It's definitely a 9 out of 10. Yeah. Now, Rich... Good choice. You've you've done a good one. Now, I'm going to back us up with a book for next week that we may do over two weeks if you feel it's too long. I want to do Age of Apocalypse, book one. I'm going to do Age of Apocalypse over, you know, the next couple of months um, on my choices. And I might break it up around then. But if, cause we, I, yeah, I was going to say, we may have to break it up because that's pretty... Uh, well, yeah, it's pretty, split into four books. It's split into four books. And I, so I figured I'd do book one, but we may split book one up into two parts itself, okay? Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be quite heavy. I've never read it. I've read bits of it, but I've never read the Oh, haven't thing. you? No. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, it's, it's really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm oh, I, I, I was following that live, so to speak, you know what cool. I mean? Like, well, collecting. I've read bits and pieces of it, and I've always wanted to read it, so I thought, well, fuck it. Like, why not? I think we had plans to do it ages ago, and we just got sidelined. Oh, so. years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. We got sidelined, so I thought, yeah, I'm just going to bring it back in the rotation. Um, now, I do want to say thank you to all the listeners. Uh, I also want to do a shout-out to one of my favourite um, shows at the moment, Toy Anxiety, which do uh, – it's a YouTube show that's also podcast that um, – they're all about toys. They're really funny, actually, I must say. It's a very funny team that put together this show. If you if you like toys, like collecting in Marvel Legends, like collecting, I love Turtles, I love Ghostbusters, um, it's called the Yes Has Some Network. That's their main show, but the Toy Anxiety is kind of like one of their spin-off shows. It's fucking hilarious. I love it. Um, so check that show out. I give that show my highest possible recommendation. Um, we're proud members of the collective. Uh, we're on there with shows like Into the Night, Last Sons of Krypton, Inner Demons with Brian Biggie, um, you've got Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got Capes and Lunatics with Phil and Lilith. Uh, we're still pouring one out for Charlie. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool shit happening on the collective. Um, please, if you want to support this show, and you know, I really would appreciate it if you do, join the Patreon. We're about to do more Cinema of Doom. Um, we're going to do Sound of Freedom when it comes out. We're going to be doing New York Ninja shortly. Um, that's patreon.com slash signal of doom. 
Um, that about covers the advertisements. Uh, Age of Apocalypse, book one next week. Rich, any final thoughts? No. Um, no. Just, you know. Is that it all? Keep, keep on trucking, everyone. Keep on keeping on. Like Bob Dylan said, keep on keeping on. Like a rolling stone. Um, yeah, there's so much fucking gold out there, man, in the hills, isn't there, really? You know? A lot of fool's gold, though, Rich, as well. Ever thought of that? Yes. Out there, man. You think you got the real gold? Turns out to be fool's gold. That would suck. Um, but you may have enjoyed the journey. You may not have liked the reward. Though. Not me. Don't care about the journey, just the reward. <laughs> wow. Got a bad back, man. Not wow. up for the journey anymore. Forget the journey. I want the destination. Come on, Dave. I just want to wind you up. Have, listen, you have to enjoy the, the journey. Do you know why? Why? Because your destination is the coffin. Wow. It's true, man. This is a deep comment from you. This is a deep cut. That's like something I would say, Rich. Jesus. You're talking to me for too long. I'm coming just out trying to motivate like you to enjoy, enjoy the, the journey. Enjoy man. the journey. Yeah. If I can bring my masseuse with me, I'll enjoy the journey a bit more because she can work over my hip and back. You know, then maybe buy one of those massage guns, man. Yeah, I need a proper masseuse, man. They need to really get in there. No, I'm saying when you're traveling, just have one of those. It's got to. It's got to be better than nothing. Yeah, get it over the hip flex. Good point, Rich. Rich is coming up with all the good points tonight. Um, I want to say thank you to all the listeners and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. Love our take two. Oh, man. 